In a world where combat sports changes on a dime, two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sandhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Aldermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought but, Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh God, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. When Gon and Lewis could potentially be really boring, also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left by a lot so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. It absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. <laughs> Fightful. Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekend of Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RBD Tito for Loyal. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds, episode sixty-nine. I know everybody's really having a fun number with a fun time with that number. I'm gonna flip um, us. I'm gonna flip us real quick. One second. There we go. Somehow, somehow, okay. reverse that. Here we go. That's We're cool. all good. Um, I had a couple. I had some technical difficulties. I upgraded my webcam software, and it all of a sudden just totally crapped out on me. So. I don't know what's wrong, so I had to bring out the old one, but hopefully everything's fine. The mic is still the same, so it all should be uh, should be good. So the show must go on, as they always say. Um, rocking my Cowboys, I'm, I swear, every time we win, I'm going to clip What a Rush from Legion of Doom, and I'm playing it because, uh, man, Cooper Rush, he just keeps showing up and keeps proving me wrong, so... It's all good. Like, you know, there's a, some te- there's some players that just they they might not be the best when it comes to practices and things like that. And you you hear reports and you see things in training camp and then like but when they finally get their chance to play, they they just show out. And man, he just he's so poised. He just doesn't even seem phased by by anything. And he just like wins the game and just goes on with his business. Next, no big deal, you know. He's not a big rah-rah guy. I would definitely not really say he's that big of a leader or anything like that. But, man, he's showing up big time. And our defense is great. Like, it's so weird. Like, I mean, I thought our season was basically done. And now it's like, man, we're just getting this thing heated up. So, exciting times. Well, yeah, I mean, y'all even had some big drops, too. Like, Cooper rushed through some great passes that yeah the cd catch i mean i might have went to jail that night if, if nothing yeah. happened i mean i just because you just you can't do that to your backup quarterback like you're in this you're in a situation where every game is must win to try to stay alive in this thing and it's a division game you just can't do that to your backup and but man did he redeem himself with the one-handed catch and oh yeah. man he had a great game like he I was, it was like, it was like the boy became a man that night. Like it really felt that way because he's supposed to be our number one, but it's like, you can tell he kind of still like, where's Amari? How, how am I supposed to be the guy? And then it was like, he made that. And then the whole team fed off of that. And once he caught that ball, it was like, we're not going to lose this game. I just knew it. Like I knew that the, the team was down and our defense is so good right now. We've only allowed three touchdowns in three games total. One touchdown each game. That's it. That's all you get. So the rest of them field goals. Um, so I'm just really happy. You know, a lot of people have given Jerry and Steven a lot of crap on how they run business and they don't do free agency and they just draft. 71% of our team is drafted by our team. And uh, we just we keep hitting home runs on some of these guys. I mean, I love our left tackle right now. I, I'm just I'm really happy where where we're at and We'll, we'll see how these things shakes out. And I watched your guys' game for the most part. I mean, it's kind of like you guys were behind the entire game, but just found a way to pull it off in the end. And that's that's important. Got to close out games. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. I think the Lions have a better team than what people give them credit for. I don't think they're, like, incredible oh, or anything I like that. But totally they're, agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, and the Vikings, it was – what I really like about it was actually – even more so after the game, what I'm hearing in like the locker room and stuff from like Kevin O'Connell and the players and what they've been tweeting, it's all been about winning as a team. Like it's all been like a totally different feeling than when Zimmer was the coach the last few seasons, especially like once again, I think Zimmer the first few years was good for what the Vikings needed, but the last few seasons really 
and really went the other way. So it's been cool, like KJ Osborne and Justin Jefferson and all these guys all being like big team win. Like that's how we come back as a team. Like that's like, you know, Kevin O'Connell, like, man, he's, he's really a breath of fresh air for the, for the franchise. And so is Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. Like I, I like the leadership they've got and Kirk Cousins stepped up when he needed to KJ Osborne. That's the other thing too. Kirk is throwing great passes. Like he's getting some people, some there's, there's been some big drops that haven't been his fault. He's not a mobile quarterback. We all know that like if, but he's getting better protection this year than he got last year. And if our guys can just keep getting open, like he threw that dime to Osborne Osborne through, just ran a perfect route to get that, uh, that game winning touchdown and stuff. So I am, I'm very happy with the Vikings. I obviously I would have liked them to go out there and, like you know crush detroit but i'll take the win uh they're two and oh in the division now uh went over green bay and went over uh detroit that's huge only lost to the eagles and the eagles look like they might be a super bowl contender as of right now so like i'm i'm okay with where the vikings stand no i know Bring but I, but i have to say I like, I mean, like they, i want them no i know Bring i'm just on. hey and I'm, I'm i mean i'm happy for you guys too like as long as your defense keeps holding up and cooper rush just keeps playing at the level he's playing i think you guys are fine like, I'm not saying he's, like, a better option than Dak, but, like, he does things that – he if he can stay consistent, that's really all you need. Like, some teams just so need I think, a manager. I think a lot of it is is that we try to get too cute when Dak's in there. Like, right. with Cooper, it's like, okay, we can't do all these crazy exotic plays. We just need to run the ball, and we need to, you know, get good protection and pass the ball when we need to. That's the way it should be with Dak, too. Like, and if we run – if we do that same type of thing, because, like – Dude, we ran for 180 yards last night, and Tony Pollard and Zeke are both getting dang near like five yards a carry. Like, yeah, I saw Zeke bust out like a, a really important one at the like, towards the end of the game. He had like a 15 yard run or something. That was like yep. that's exactly why he makes the money he makes is like for those exact plays. He had a goal line touchdown too, a one yard line, and and got it over. Like I mean, he's 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 the thumper, and Pollard is the lightning man. Pollard yeah. is the guy that just brings the speed, the explosion. So I like both. So now speaking of that, you're in a similar position as the Vikings when it comes to this. And I don't know, I don't know what Pollard's contract, uh, I don't know what Pollard's contract looks like. Yeah. Because I, I know Zeke's done after like what is it this season or next season he's a free agent again so he's not a free agent but there's no way in hell we're gonna pay him the money that he's making so right. he's basically gonna have to take way less or we just move on like it's basically gonna be a six million dead money hit uh for the next two years we'll take a post june first cut so what we'll probably do is offer him like around that and if he wants to take it then we'll just completely redo the contract otherwise we'll take the dead money hit because right. he's not going to find a lot on the open market either. He's not what he used to be, you know. When I mean? Pollard's in a position where, like, he he probably should be a starting running back, anyways. So he's going to want to yeah, get paid starting running back money as well. So, like, and that's the position the Vikings are in right now with Madison. And I'm I'm afraid I think that Madison's going to get traded like during this season because there's a lot of yeah. teams that really need a starting quarterback or starting a running back. And Madison is definitely a starting running back caliber guy. Whenever Cook has been out, you it's like we don't even realize that Cook isn't there because Madison runs almost the same exact way Cook does. Um, he scores touchdowns too. Like he's a great running back. And we have Cook under contract till 2025. And Madison's a free agent at the end of the season. And it's like, 
we got to get value for him right now because there's no way he's going to sign an extension to be a backup. So, like, we have to – we basically need to trade him during the season. I, I think we have a better chance of winning with him. I'd rather him be on the team and, and make a run with Madison as our backup. But yeah. I also know we're in this position where, you know, at the end of the season, we're going to – we get, like, a, a compensatory, whatever they call it, uh, yeah. like one of those, like, free picks, picks. like a third or a fourth round because we, cause we, like, bred him behind – behind cook however that works you'll um, probably honestly be like a fifth or sixth you'd like to get a third or fourth like it has to be a premium premium player so i i think i think that you know i I've all, i'm just throwing it out there i wouldn't be surprised if alexander madison got traded mid-season and we got like either i'd imagine we would want to trade him for like higher draft picks like some sort of combination yeah. that included some higher draft picks so um but uh, it, it just depends too because Cook's already got the shoulder issue, right? Right. Like he gets hurt every season. Like we need yeah. Madison there because he's like the backup plan whenever Cook gets hurt because he's he, if we just plug him in, it's pretty much like Cook's the better overall running back. Like I, yeah. I still recognize how great Dalvin Cook is, but right. we don't really miss him that much when Madison's in. Like it's really surprising. Um, like this uh, next uh, next rev. Uh, Rev Sonoma. Um, I respect your opinion and I love beer money. I hope they reunite one day. Um, but I uh um, <laughs> hey, <Davey> Richards, <laughs> but yeah, why can't beer money just reunite? Um, right. but uh Kevin Owen show or Kevin Steen show. I yes, yes. I, but I, I disagree. I think Madison is a top 32. I think he is better than some of the running backs that start right now. Um, yeah. I am biased though, as well. I mean, obviously, but um, just because I've seen so much of his his play, like I, but then again, I think Pollard also probably would could start as well. Like I, I think they're, I mean, like so that's the that's the new wave right now of success. Though honestly, is like you look at uh, look at like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Like you have both those guys. You know what I mean? Like it's like that's, you know, it's great to have a, a great backup running back in the league. But then it also turns into a problem because they all want to get paid and then you don't want to pay them as much because they're splitting carries. So like it, there's a seesaw to all of this, of course, but, um, yeah. but yeah, me and our teams are kind of in similar positions though, because both of our backup running backs should be starters and both of our starters make a lot of money and might not even be as good as the backups in the long term. So, right. Yeah. That's the way it works. This is the business of football, but I, I want real quick before Everybody. We jump into all that. Um, I will say I kind of think next year the whole running back market is about to get flipped upside down because I think every team that has given a running back big money is wanting out. So I think Zeke, Cook, Kamara, all these big contracts that have kind of been given to these players, Derrick Henry, all these type of contracts, like they're just going to be like, look, we can just go draft one. We don't need to give this type of money away. So – I feel like every one of them is going to be faced either you take a pay cut or you get cut like one or the other. So just, it'll be interesting. And if that's the case, I would like to say, look, we paid Zeke, you know, 16 or 15 or whatever it is, cut that in half, give it to Zeke. The other half goes to Tony Pollard. You split 50, 50, call it a day. Um, and, and maybe they'll do something like that with Madison and Cook and stuff like that. It just depends on what other – once they realize that their market is not what they what it used to be, then they're going to have to humble themselves and take less money to stay on the team or take about the same money they would have got 
and go somewhere else. It's all about the leverage. And right now the running back doesn't have a lot of leverage. Yeah. Yeah. You're very right about there. And there's people there. There's people in the chat making good points too. Like there's a lot of these combinations we can talk about where it's multiple, <coughs> I mean, multiple running back uh, uh, committees now that. Yep. I mean, even in like, I mean, the Rams, like, Acres, it's weird because Acres and Henderson keep flopping. It's like Henderson yep. is is like getting all the carries, and then like and then he messes up once or whatever. Then Acres gets like the next you know ten in a row or whatever, and it's, it's weird. Look at like look at like Swift and Jamal Williams in Detroit. Yeah, look at Dallas with Tony Pollard and Zeke. Look at the Browns with Kamara and uh, with Hunt and uh, Chubb. Like it's just the 49ers run like four backs. Like it's it's yeah. just. Um, uh, it, nobody's sticking to just that one back anymore. I mean, the Colts had a huge one with Jonathan Taylor, but that's not really working out this year. And they still use Naheem Hines. Like, it's just all kind of mixed in. Yeah. But um, it, it is It is what it is. I mean, it's it's just the evolution of football. And, I, and honestly, fantasy, it's been very noticeable. There has not been a lot of great running back performances. It has mainly been wide receivers, and they're not running the ball like they used to. And, and and the running backs aren't being used as receivers like they used to. Like, they're just being less utilized. Yeah. Um, so, do you have any uh, purchases this week, by the way? I didn't ask you. About um, no, but I have Cody coming on Thursday, the Supreme. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Yeah, that Amazon link I sent you. Yeah, I went ahead and jumped on that. So he comes Thursday, so I'll I'll have that for for next week. Is that like the that's like the regular release? Of that's the regular one. I wanted that one more because I felt like it matched his coat and everything better with the blue tights instead of the red. So I wanted that one. If you see the Walmart exclusive though at the store, I'm sure you'll probably want to grab one of those. I, I'll be tempted, but I'm telling you, man, I really feel like everything is going to go on sale. You're I right. really do. I just yeah. don't think any anybody is going to pay these type of prices and and not. I I I just. You know, and I was looking into like the shoe game too, right? Like sneakerheads, like the market is dead. Everything yeah. is dead. Like, don't buy high prices on anything right now because it's just people just don't have the same amount of money. There's no more stimulus checks floating around. There's no more uh, government assistance while you sit at home during the pandemic. Like, all this stuff is stopped and it's really like, you know, because there were people that really was like, dude, I'm making like eight hundred to thousand dollars more than what I normally make. I'll buy shoes for six hundred bucks. I don't care. I want the shoes. Right and now, like, those same people are trying to be like, dude, six hundred, and they're like, bro, like two forty at best. You know, it's like, oh wow, what happened? And I feel like it's like that with the figures. Like I feel like figures were really big in that time too, and now like people can barely get rid of the stuff. Like. 15 bucks for an ultimate like please like no right. you know it's crazy so yes yeah, like Manif said the sneaker market crashed but i mean honestly i don't know any market that's doing well i mean even crypto all that stuff it's all it's all in bad shape right now so true i uh i don't think i have much this week i know there's definitely two things both um nickelodeon based if i can find um, hold on let me let me say let me say something to frankie here frankie you guys cannot stop Micah Parsons. Like, it, it's not going to happen. There's nothing you can do. So, like, and yeah, Jalen Hurts has looked fine. And no offense to your Vikings, Steven. But, like, that's the best team that they've played so far. 
and you haven't played a defense like us. I think that we're built for the Eagles. I think that the Eagles are built for us. It's going to be a very close matchup. I think it's far more closer than people think. But I like our defense better than I like the Eagles' defense. And I think that the Eagles definitely have us beat in wide receivers. I think we have better running backs. And I think our offensive line is criminally underrated. I think it's criminally underrated. I think it's just about as good as Philadelphia's. So we're pretty even matched up. And I still take Dak over Jalen Hurts. You can do all that happy-go-lucky stuff, but when Jalen's not under pressure, yeah, you can make great throws. Bring it on. I'm ready. I'm ready. We are – Dak will be ready, and we'll be ready to play. Let's do it. I want it. It's like three weeks away. There you go. So so I got a couple just random Nickelodeon things this week. One of them is this little uh, Reptar cereal thing. Kind of cool. Just a little knickknack that I put on my desk. But this other thing is uh, pretty sweet. And these are actually like pretty expensive now. I got a really good deal on it because I, I, my friend actually bought two of them and like kind of like refurbished them. Um, this is an old Nickelodeon telephone. One of those like rotary oh, wow. phones. We actually, wow. like, I could actually use this if I wanted to. I could like plug this into like if There's I have a dial like, tone and everything. Yeah, well, so like nice. not all the buttons were. I mean, they work like I could like use it, but they don't all make the sounds anymore. But he did yeah. fix the uh, the lights in it, so that that lights up, which is kind of cool. So I can like turn that off and on. When I when I grew up, when I was growing up, I had a, a the radio that went along with this. I never had the phone, so now I'm gonna I'm probably just gonna get the whole set. And uh, I have a lot of this kind of stuff on my desk that you can't see kind of behind the camera, but. Um, I'm probably just going to set my office up where like my desk is all like Nickelodeon, uh, or not all, but like I'll, I'll have that whole set. There was like a boom box, a, a telephone and, uh, um, and a radio that all kind of went as like a set. So yeah, just buying more stuff from uh, my childhood that, yeah. Because why not? I have, I got the well, money to do it. This, why not? This, this is my advice is like, you know, take the girl to the crib. And if she sees all that stuff and she's oh, still sure. cool with it, yeah. then she's a keeper and you don't have to try to like worry about it, right? Like right. so many mistakes are people try to present like what they think this person wants them to be. And then when they are actually in the relationship, they're stuck trying to act like that person uh-huh. and then they change and it's like, you're not the same. It's like, no, I actually always been this way. <laughs> I've just been acting with you. Like, yeah. you know, I remember like my first, my first date with my wife, I don't ask me why, but I had like the uh, DVD recorded fight of Tito and Forrest Griffin in my car. Nice. And um, I found out that her sis, her, her parent, her parents were out of town. I found out her, her parents had a um, sound system. So I wanted to see the Tito entrance when he came out to mosh and all that on her sound system. So Wow. I played that like that was first day. And then when she came back to my house, like I showed her my wrestling figure collection, my posters, all that stuff. And like, you know, been married 15 years. And as you can see, nothing's really changed. So it's yeah. uh it's all good. So there you go. Just gotta be honest. I agree. You gotta be yourself one hundred percent. So yeah, just just keep on collecting. Um I, I put together um, I'll eventually plug in. I, ha- I got another camera that I'll eventually plug in here where I can kind of like show you around the room. But like, yeah. um, 
I finally put together like a Power Rangers shelf and stuff. Um, I have, so I have like all the WCW signed figures behind me here. Um, I'm going to start putting, I'm going to start putting figures all behind me, like the AW exclusives and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm very, very happy with the, uh, collecting right now. Muniba's my favorite baby in Rugrats. That's a really random fight. Well, not random, I guess. We were just talking about Nickelodeon. Probably Tommy. I mean, that's kind of like... Yeah, the, I was going to say Tommy is like the main G. Yeah, it's kind of a enormous answer, but I mean, um, yeah. he was the coolest one. And also, this is going to sound weird, he was Jewish, his family was Jewish, and like as a, as a little kid growing up, well, because we didn't have any other shows that like had like Hanukkah specials and stuff. Like Rugrats did, like they covered like Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and Christmas. They cut co- like they covered everything. So like, um, so that was little, cool to have little, like a show uh, like that. Little did we know he'd become MJF, but it's all good. I know MJF. <laughs> Phil, you know Phil and Lil were great characters. Phil, Phil, Phil was was a was a funny character. You're right. He um, looked cooler. He looked cooler, but he wasn't. <laughs> But. Yeah, Tommy was like he was the leader. Um, hey Arnold was your show back then. Yeah, I loved Hey Arnold. That was that was one of my favorite. Um, so have you shows. seen that the? Have you ever watched The Floor Is Lava on Netflix? No. So I think it's this weekend. My kids love the show, but basically it's like an obstacle course, but it's like full of like orange slime. Mm-hmm. And you basically just have to avoid not falling into the slime. So that's why it's called the floor is lava. And they have like certain people compete. And I saw that the best friends are going to compete in this. So like I want to check it out. Like Chuck Taylor and Yeah, Orange Cassidy and um, Trent. Trent, I think. It might be Chris Statlander, but I'm not sure. But anyways, yeah, they're gonna compete in the floor is lava. So Okay, I'll check that out. Sounds yeah. cool. Um, I think it's I think it's gonna be funny. Yep. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Green Man. This is our, this is my boy who's always putting the Always Sunny and Better Call Saul references in there. So. Yeah. I'll always nice. shout that guy out. Appreciate that. Um, All right. So we do have a super yeah. chat. If you want to jump into that, guys, if you haven't, please smash that like button. It helps us out. It gets people's eyeballs to this channel, which I definitely appreciate. It makes the channel grow. And if you guys want to support the channel in any way, you definitely submit a super chat, ask a question, we'll be sure to answer it. Um, and if you want to just support for free or whatever, please just hit that like button to definitely appreciate it or share this out, whatever. But uh, any way that you can help us out is always appreciated. Um, Cactus J22 with the super chat. Thanks, Cactus. I appreciate it, man. Uh, this white rabbit angle has been the best thing. WWE has done in years is taken over the IWC thoughts and theories. So I need to confess that I haven't seen one thing about the white rabbit. Like I don't, I haven't seen a commercial. I haven't seen nothing. So <laughs> I'm out of the loop. I've heard about it. Um, and I mean, to me, everything is pointing towards Bray Wyatt and it sounds like that's what people want because the ratings were way up when he was supposedly supposed to be revealed so it just shows that they're definitely gaining interest. Um, and it's like, I don't know how much credit Triple H deserves of this, or does Bray Wyatt deserve this because he's the one that's coming up with all this? Is Triple H just allowing Bray Wyatt to be creative and do what he wants? Like, I don't know. Um, do you think it's anything besides Bray Wyatt? What do you know about it? Just fill me in, I guess. 
Yeah, honestly, um, I mean, I'm kind of with everyone else, assuming it's probably Bray Wyatt. Um, if not, I mean, they're really teasing that it's going to be something big, uh, like rabbit hyping up Bad Bunny. That'd be crazy if that's what it wound up being. Um, although he did do well when he was there and he has a humongous fan base, but I don't think they'd do this kind of reveal for the return of Bad Bunny. Um, I've seen a good amount of like what they've done up to this point with like the QR codes and some of like the clips they've been running and stuff. And yeah. I've seen uh, uh, some of the stuff that like Sean has tweeted about like uh, like the coordinates, I guess, that were in like a recent video and how it like there's references in that city to uh, I guess like the, the name Wyndham and uh, and okay. there's like there, there's certain ISO. But here's the thing. They could also just be like super high level trolling the fans, which is very possible as well. Yeah. The, the thing is, they got people talking about it and they did it all without like formally introducing it as a story. It's all been through these like quick QR codes and messages and stuff like that. So it's a uh, it, it is now, an is innovative it like idea. Or is it like something that just interrupts the programming? Like, I think it's a little bit of both. Like, I think they've even put some of them, like, I could be wrong, but I think even in some just random, like, TikTok videos that WWE's uploaded, like, a random, like, QR code will flash up on the screen. And, like, so I think they're using social media and the show. They've also kind of hinted, like, last week there was something that, that flashed that was, like, 923 at 923. And then, like, that was SmackDown, and and so everyone tuned in. And around that time, they had like another QR code, so they kind of give you a heads up sometimes too that like another QR code's coming soon, or you know. So yeah. it's like, um, I, I'd imagine that it's all leading towards uh, what's the next pay per view? Extreme Rules, which actually looks like a good yeah. show, by the way. Yeah, um, I've been. Look- I feel like it's been a while since they've had a pay per view. Like I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I. uh I watched um, about half of Raw last night, and I thought it was a good show. Like, I had really no complaints, especially for, like, kind of my expectations. Like, they're still, like, fairly low, but they're, like, I, I'm i legitimately optimistic about the position they're in, especially once Cody gets back. Like, I think they're going to be really hitting, like, all cylinders. Like, I, I, I think it's going to be good stuff. Imagine if Cody comes back and also The Rock comes in to face Roman. Like, imagine the hype that they'll yeah. have for that like i wouldn't even be surprised if they got all the way into like the threes for I, I, some of that stuff yeah i mean kudos to triple h and what he's doing right now they're they're really making good changes i mean they're having good matches like sammy Zayn. we'll talk about it in a minute but like sammy Zayn and the sammy Zayn and the bloodline like i actually really enjoy and he had this really good match with aj on on monday like i was like this is and this is good stuff. It was a solid match. Like, yeah, the finish was a little wonky because, like, Solo Sokoa got involved to help Sammy. But, like, it didn't really take away from it. And, it, like, it advanced the whole bloodline thing. And AJ still looks great. Now it looks like they're going to do AJ feuding with uh, the um, Judgment Day. Um, they're going to do Balor and Edge for the first time in an I Quit match, which will probably wind up being good. Like, there, there's a lot of – there. we'll go through the Extreme Rules card – well, Next week, I might not be here. We'll have to talk about that because I'll be traveling because of Jeremy's wedding. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll definitely talk about Extreme Rules at some point here. And I'm actually really looking forward to, to that show because that's October 8th, I think. Um, also, this is a little off topic. I wanted to bring this up real quick. Um, yeah. This has a... 
so we're going to talk about the house of black at some point in the show yeah um so it was wild so the other this was like saturday night i guess the promoter for um for fight life this indie company dms me and he's like he's like hey man i haven't listed this video yet but after the match tonight we have this video of buddy matthews basically saying he's gonna be taking time off from wrestling and you know if you want it he said if you want to be the one to to put the video out i'll make it public when you when you tweet it out and i was like oh cool yeah i'll uh i'll send this i'll send this over to jeremy too so we can get a, a story out so yeah it was weird because i was kind of the one who like broke the news that buddy like People had speculated that Buddy was going to be leaving AEW, which I don't think is the case. I, I think he's just taking time off like Malachi, which we're going to once again talk about. But it yeah. was weird because like I kind of like broke that about like the Buddy, like he had done it in the ring and in front of an, an audience, but like it wasn't, it wasn't broadcasted. So like nobody outside of that building knew that he said these things. So, um, but anyway, the reason I'm bringing this up is because so I like I kind of broke that, which was kind of nuts, and then um not long after that promoter uh, messaged me back um like hours later and was like hey uh, we were actually asked to take that video down um so he's like nothing against you like like we just want to make sure that you knew if you click it and you can't see the video we were asked to take it down and i didn't want to like dig into into who it asked but yeah. i just want to throw that out there like like you know clearly there's something going on right now with like malachi and and buddy where they and I know Malachi did this this uh, this IG live last night and stuff. So it's yeah. uh it's all just it's it's kind of just strange. But I just wanted to put it out there because I've had some people ask me what happened to that video, and I was told once again I didn't dig into it, but I was told they were told to like take the video down. So that's you know just for what it, I don't know if like Tony Khan wanted that or like Buddy wanted that or who, I don't know who wanted it down, but they they didn't want it. Somebody didn't want it up. So so. What's interesting, like, this is, I, I don't want to go all over the place. I kind of want to stay focused, but a lot of it is about the whole Buddy, Malachi, Black, AEW, all this stuff. So I'm, how would I say this? I'm a little annoyed by how AEW is handling business in a sense of like, I don't like them not saying anything because I feel like it allows dirt sheets and websites and all this other stuff. And I'm not saying they're all the same. I'm just saying like everyone's going to try to get their fill in, but it allows them to paint the narrative of what is going on and it's not what's going on. So that's where I'm frustrated because how many times were we told that Malachi was released? Like he got his release. That's over and over. They kept saying that. And then this guy goes on to Instagram. He's like, I'm coming back to AEW. Flat out says that. I just needed some time off. But it's like, dude, Moxley, like we didn't know we didn't even know if Moxley was drinking. Like, no one really saw it. No one really knew. No one ever thought, like, damn, he looks really off. I think he's wasted tonight. You know, like, nobody had a clue. And then it was like, 
we're going to go ahead and give Moxley a leave of absence so he can go to rehab and get his life back together. It's basically what happened. And it was like, okay, no questions asked, no nothing. And now we're playing this secretive game of like, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. No comment. Like, no. Because then that just makes – because all this time I'm thinking, man, Tony is doing stupid business right now. Like, he's just letting guys go if they want to get out of their contracts. You've got guys to a five-year deal and you're just going to let them go to the competition. Like, they're not going to return the favor. They're not going to do the same for you. Go call them right now and ask for Mustafa Ali and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, so I just, I'm, and I'm, I'm tired of this whole Bucks thing. I really am. Say what happened. Say not necessarily what happened, but say what you've decided. Like you can't just, and on top of that, we have Rampage with the House of Black and there's like really no mention of Malachi, where he's at, nothing. Like you could have just been like they lost their leader because Sting missed him in the face and he had to go away or whatever, regroup. Like you can't just treat a TV product like everybody's a mark, a smart that really like knows what's going on. Like that's not how you do it. And in WWE, I mean, granted, like there was a lot of heat about the Sasha Banks thing. But they said directly on television, these girls decided not to do what they were supposed to do, and they left. Like, okay, we know what happened. No more speculation. We were told that Brock didn't want to show up and was ready to leave, but then he did show up on TV. Okay, so we know what we know. He was upset. We know we came back, and then not only that, Ariel asked Hunter Triple H about it. Triple H confirmed that's what happened. Okay, we're good. We don't need a bunch of rumors to be running rampant about like this happened to this happened to this, this is that. And because at some point we're thinking Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, they're immediately going back to go be with their girlfriends and wives. Like that's what you're thinking. So then you're like, well, Andrade's got to leave too. And then Miro's not happy. So he's going to leave. And then it's like, bro, we just letting everybody go. And for what? Like, I like now that it, it had to take this. The internet had to go rampant on these things. And it had to be like, AEW is not interested in letting anybody out of their contract. Oh, okay. So so all this has been BS. Right. Yeah. I mean, and there's also two sides to it too. Like, you know, there's the stuff that's being reported and then there's also the stuff that Malachi is saying. You know what I mean? It's like right. something doesn't add up there either. Uh, you know what I mean? Because like he blew a kiss. He blew a kiss to the crowd. He said goodbye. Like right. And I do think know? that there is probably more to it than. But here's the thing. I also think that at the end of the day, like Malachi needs to take time off. That's fine. Like you know, wherever he winds up in the future, I think AEW is fine without Malachi. I think he's fine in either company. Like you know what I mean? Like whatever's good for him is is fine with me. You know what I mean? Like it's, um, but but. But here's my thing. Is it smart business? No, no, like, it isn't it, smart because you don't want to set a precedent of like right. getting people to sign contracts and then, you know, just letting people out. And then you're going to get real shit if you don't let certain people out because you let other people out. And well, then imagine like, hey, Thunder Rosa, we're going to have you actually drop the title to Tony Storm. Okay, well, I went out of my contract. I'm going to the WWE. Like, you can't right, have okay. that to where every booking decision, someone just throws a fit and wants out. Like, right that that to me was just it seemed ridiculous you but know you all, and then it's go, go ahead but you all you also have to have like 
like there's like the MJF scenario though, where like it he's gonna be kind of a kind of a like outlier here, but he reminds me of like I don't know exactly may, maybe like Conor McGregor would be like a good example or something like that. But he reminds me of an MMA fighter who signed a contract and then won like one or two humongous fights way before anyone could have thought it was possible. And then it was like, yeah. you have three fights left on your deal and you're making yeah. your headlining shows now, but the people on the prelims make what you make and the headliners right. are making four times what you make. And it's like, well, I got to renegotiate. I'm doing, I'm taking the same risk, but I'm the one putting the asses in seats and I'm, I'm a draw and it's proven. So it's like, I can't really go out here and do this. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'm seeing, I'm seeing people come in from other places making way more than I am. And like, I was here from the start. So it's like, so I, I get both sides of it. So like, there are people I think you do have to renegotiate with and you do have to extend and you're just going to have to decide when to pick and choose those battles, you know? Definitely. I just think that you just can't, just because they're upset or whatever, you can't just let them out of their contract. And it's like Brian Alvarez said, like you signed a contract. Like right. you, you agreed three years of your professional career is going to be with this company. You can't just all of a sudden say, you know what? I changed my mind. I like what's going on there. And then here's another thing. What, let's just say hypothetically, you know, you go over the WWE and then they sell. And Triple H and Stephanie go off and retire under the sunset and some corporate people run it. And like now you're stuck in hell. And you thought that you were like so much better off. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not just always like the grass is greener and all that stuff. I mean, I think, I think there's definitely guys that there's no way that they would be there in AEW if they knew that Triple H was going to be running things. They would have never left. They would have never got fired. There's Right. So I understand why Triple H would want them back. But at the same sense, this is a business. We're at war. I'm not giving you guys. I'm not just going to be like, hey, I'm going to who, – who else would you like? Let me go ahead and release them for you too and send them your way. Like they're not going to do the same to you, for you. Like I get that you want to be a nice guy and all that stuff. But, man, like I, I don't know. I just – I don't agree with it. And and I, I really don't agree with – how they've handled this whole media scrum stuff that I just, I, I think that it's been mishandled. And like, I even talked to Bill, you know, and Bill's like Mr. AEW, like yeah. oh, waiting yeah. the flag. And I, he was just like, yeah, I'm not really into AEW right now, man. Like he's, yeah. he's upset because of what happened with the elite. Cause it's one thing to lose Cody, but it's like, man, you lose the elite too. You lose all four MVP EVPs. It's like, man, it's hard to, if you were there from the beginning, if you weren't one of these fans that jumped in because, you know, MJF or, or, or CM Punk or, you know, all those guys showed up. Like, if you were there from the, the ROH days, the New Japan days and all that, and, and remember what All In was like and all that stuff, and to be where we're at now, it's just hard to to ignore that. And, and I just... I'm not like that. Like I still really enjoy their product and I think they have great wrestling and um, easily the most show I look forward to every single week by far. 
I always look forward to their pay-per-views. I trust Tony Khan when it comes to wrestling and creating a good wrestling product. But I, the business side of things concerns me a little bit. Yeah, and we still don't know. And I know this is a big point. Like, part this is the whole reason you bring it up to begin with. But, like, we still don't know the future of the Elite. I'd imagine there. I, I imagine Omega and the Bucks will be back. It's just a matter of when. And I agree. And you know, but but that's a big when. You know, is it? You know, and how long before? Here's the thing: they keep putting on great shows, but at a certain point, too, fans are going to be like, "I'm going to wait on buying my ticket because, like, I want to see Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Like, when am I going to see these guys?" Um, yeah. And but and I think and not only that, like you know, the reason you're not seeing them. Is because of something stupid and stubborn. It's not right. because, like, we, and I don't think it would even be as bad, but we waited 10 months for Kenny to come back and we got like three weeks. Right. And then it's over a stupid fight with Punk that it sounds like that he had really no, like, huge initiation side of it. Like, he was just more protecting his friend. You know what I mean? Like, so it, because by the way, now they're reporting that both sides are agreeing that Punk threw the first punch, which to me isn't shocking when you bring the legal assistant with you, you clearly are not trying to fight, like a physical fight. And that's where it's like, whatever Punk says or any of that stuff, I just don't buy it if he's trying to act like he felt it, like they, he was physically going to get attacked. I don't believe it. Once again, no. after he called them out during that... Let's call that. go. Yeah. Come, find Come find me and let's yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you expect? And, dude, oh, my God. Anyway, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole because I'm just going to... People are just going to not want to hear me talk about cm punk but like but i i am assuming we never see cm punk wrestle in AEW again it's just a matter of yeah. like how long this all gets dragged out for I um agree. but yeah i uh, i told uh doug before the show i have a friend of mine that um who, who recently offered to donate a bunch of his cm punk merchandise to just have me destroy it on camera and it's very uh uh, intriguing offer. I don't know. I don't think I really want to do that because I think I might be going a little too far. But um, I appreciate the offer. I appreciate that people I uh, think you know think that highly of me that they would uh, they would want me to be the ones to to destroy their CM Punk merchandise for them. So that that was kind of cool to hear. I mean, I I bought that CM Punk shirt. And I'll probably never wear it again. Like I just say it. It just is like tainted now. The whole thing and like yeah, I'll still. <laughs> I probably still buy his figures. First of all, he's toyetic as hell with all the tattoos and everything, the the look. But like, it just it it just gives me such a bad taste in my mouth with all the the crap that happened. It's just it's just so ridiculous. Steve, my punk shirts. Hey, if y'all want to send me uh, your CM Punk merchandise and have me destroy it, maybe maybe I will do it. I don't know. We'll see. Like. I don't, I don't know if that comes off as like too threatening. Like I'm, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm not right. trying to actually threaten the guy. Like I don't listen. Gonna, that dude will sue your ass. I'm not right. kidding. Like, he will, you. You're so sued. 
Right. Get off my lawn is that guy now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mr. CM Punk. Give, my, give me a But break. I'll tell you this. He definitely doesn't intimidate me. That's for sure. Outside of, yeah. like, the legal. Like, he has way more money than I do. Like, he could he could destroy me in court, I guess, if he came down to it in that sense. But, like, if I, like, saw him in person, I wouldn't, like, whatever. Like, I, it's just Bill Brooks. Once again, we have not heard one story from either side about him actually doing any damage with the punch that he threw. Let's all keep that in mind. Yeah, everybody looks okay. I think the only one that was in real bad shape was probably Nick because he got hit in the face of the chair. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that by, the, by the biggest wuss move ever. I think there was the big, sorry, the biggest wuss move is throwing you know a sucker punch at somebody after calling them out. I mean, that's what CM Punk did, but. I'd say right up there is is throwing an actual chair at somebody during a during an actual fight backstage at a fake wrestling show. That's so sad. And then there's a, a clown in the freaking uh, the stands or the the floor with that sign that's like CM Punk over the Bucks or owns the Bucks, and I'm just like, dude. Oh yeah. Go, go back to the WWE, you giant dork. Like, yeah. Just go go watch that. Like yeah. you'll be much happier there. Yeah, that guy. I, I I did see that sign, and uh, yeah, that's. I mean, here's the thing: there are there there is a chunk of the fan base that is still siding with CM Punk. I think, but I think it's a very small percentage of the fan base. Um, but they are out. They are out there. Um, which I just find uh, it's kind of fascinating. Once again, I'm assuming most of those people are are, are fans that got into wrestling around like 2010 or so that are just like super attached to CM Punk. But um, do you do you agree with this? Uh, he built MJF up to the next level. What they did together, yeah, I'd agree with that. It's just it's just unfortunate that it was supposed to be even higher than that because I think MJF was going to win the title from him at All Out in Chicago, and that would have been even that would have put MJF on, on the level that they need him to be at. Um, he's still, I also there, feel but... like, I feel like that MJF really built punk too. Like, no, I agree. Like no one was even considering punk as a champion until after that MJF feud. And then it was like, Oh, okay. It's time now. You know? Yeah. He did a really good job though. Punk, I'll give him credit where it's due. He did a good job of oh, helping put over like other one and not even just with MJF, like, and we always talk about like Darby and, and Eddie and that stuff, which I also thought was really good, but he had stuff with like Lee Moriarty and, and, and uh, stuff like that. Like they, Daniel they, Garcia. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was there like, he, and he made other guys look good. Like I, so I, I do get, Listen, I'm going to give him credit for his AEW return. I think that in the ring, what we saw on television was really, really damn good stuff. Uh, his feud with MJF specifically was one of my favorite feuds maybe ever, definitely in recent memory. But yeah, once again, it's just going to be similar to the MMA run. It's just going to be similar. It's going to be difficult now for me to get past this stupid press conference. And it's just Phil Brooks being Phil Brooks again. It's a, uh, it's once again, always sunny reference high school reunion. This is, this is Dennis Reynolds showing up to his old high school and everyone realizing he's the same old Dennis. This is the same thing. It's the same old Phil. Like yep. it's the Phil that was, that pissed everyone off backstage at Teddy heartbeat up at a ring of honor show. It's the, it's yep. the, it's the CM Punk that was disgruntled and left the WWE after they gave him everything he wanted and more. This is the CM Punk 
that's now complaining after we gave after they gave him the AEW World Title multiple times and and built the company around him after he refused to join it for the first couple of years of his, his existence because it wasn't big enough for him and now they right. put it all on him and it still isn't good enough. Um, yep. So this is the same old Phil Brooks. I saw a, an interview with Davey Richards that I thought really stood out because they actually asked him about the scrum. And normally Davey's like very much like, oh, I don't pay attention to that stuff, whatever. Right. And then they were like, did you see that? And he was just kind of like, yeah, I saw it. You know what I mean? And then they were like, well, what's your thoughts? And he's like, I, it's better that I don't say things. And then he was like, <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. He was like, it's better that I don't really say anything. And then he was just like, but I will say this, you know? And then he basically said that, like, he's like, look, you know, I, I've been very successful in pro wrestling. I've had a great life. It's been, uh, I've achieved everything that I ever wanted to and more. Um, so me coming back, it's not about the belts. It's not about the dream matches and my, you know, spot and all that stuff. He's like, it's about giving back to wrestling and I want to make it the best I can make it. Like I want to make it better than what it was when I first got here. Like I want to give back to the business that gave me so much. And I'm like, yeah, punk doesn't feel that way. One iota, you know? And he's like, that's, what's the unfortunate thing is he's, he's like, you've got a guy that's just trying to, still hold on to a spot and still call out all these people and do all the backstage stuff when really at this stage of his career, he should be wanting to give back to the business and making sure that his legacy is intact and that he did everything that he could to help pro wrestling. And that's not his mentality at all. Yeah. I saw this man. I wish I could, I could like pull it up or reference exactly where it was, but it was an interview that CM Punk did while he was still the WWE champion. So this was probably in like 2011 or something. And oh, that, yeah, I know exactly and, which one it was. Yeah. And they're basically, he's basically saying that he's essentially saying that he doesn't want to take the advice of the old time vets because they yep. don't know what's cool and they won't pass the torch and he doesn't really need their knowledge and he's at the top, but they're basically just jealous that he's at the top. And now he's doing the same thing to Hangman in this next generation that don't want his advice because they think he's out of touch and they want the spot now and they want to be the main event and he won't get out of the way. So, and then not only that, he was saying that The Rock would come in and take all the credit for the houses and the draws exactly. and all that stuff. Yeah. And yet here he is doing same the exact thing. same thing. It's like, man, you are such a hypocrite. You are so full of crap. Like, I just hypocrite. It just disgusts me, man. I I hate it. I just want it. I, I, I just basically want it to just be over with. Like, he can go his separate ways. I want the elite back, and then we just move on. Like, yeah. let's go back to having AEW full strength, and let's just see what happens. Now, personally, like, I love the idea of Malachi Black coming back. Like, I hated to see him go. I didn't want to see him go. And I think if there's anybody – out of the Andrades and all these other guys, Miro's, all of them. Like, I think Malachi Black could be the biggest out of all of them if they actually want to push him. Like, if Malachi Black came in and beat up Moxley, I would be fine with it. Like, I'm ready for something new. And I guess we can transition to the Moxley yeah. discussion. Um, I just have Moxley burnout. 
Like, and I don't want AEW to make him their Cena. And what I don't like either is I don't like Tony basically saying like, I'm sticking with the people that I trust. And like, those are the guys that you're going to see get these pushes. Right. And like, what did they say? They said that the top three guys in that meeting that they had after the scrum was Moxley, Jericho and Brian Danielson. And Jericho won the ROH title. Moxley and Brian Danielson were in the finals in the match. I'm a, I really wanted Brian Danielson to win, but if MJF is going to win soon, I think it makes more sense for Moxley to win and then lose to MJF. But if they plan on having like a six-month long title ring with Moxley, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I feel like that there are – not just that, I feel like that you really want to get away from the whole CM Punk, Moxley, like you want to just wash away all that and just start anew with something different. That's why I liked the idea of Brian Danielson winning because then it was like, okay, so all that stuff that like the back and forth where Moxley had just lost to CM Punk if Brian Danielson beats Moxley, then it's like we're just done with it, right? But then it's like, if Moxley wins, well, CM Punk just recently beat Moxley, so he doesn't necessarily feel like the real champ. It just feels like another belt that's just kind of been floated around. It's not as bad as the TNT title, like with Sammy and Scorpio and all that, but like that belt used to have so much credibility, and now it's just kind of being played as like a hot potato. And whoever gets it, I wanted them to have probably a good title ring with it. And I would like to see somebody new that has never won it before. Yeah, I agree. And I think most of the fan base wanted Danielson to win. And listen, I'm like, you'll never hear me have an issue with Danielson winning a big match or winning a championship. Like Brian Danielson, like I do not say this lightly and I do not say this about a lot of wrestlers. I'm fine with people that think that Brian Danielson is the greatest wrestler of all time. Like I won't even argue it. He's, he deserves to be in that conversation. Um, but I also, I love John Moxley. I love that he's like the soul of AEW and um, he's been there really since day one, since like the first, uh, their first real pay-per-view and everything. And, you know, he's a reliable guy for them. And he also bounced back big time from like the alcoholism. Like he went, he got help and he bounced back huge and he's, he's a go-to guy for them. They can rely on. And he was willing to, to not take the break he was supposed to take so he can put the company on his back and continue to help. Um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. This puts real limbo on the GCW title. Now I'm like, yep. is, is he going to, is Gage going to lose now? Or does this make it even more interesting? Cause like, does Gage actually pin the AW champion? Like, and maybe it happens. Cause I don't know if he's going to retire. So like, how are they going to work around this? Maybe they have to make a triple threat or something. Who knows? I think Gage is getting in shape for one final match, and that's it's it. It's possible. It's possible. I think it's over. I think um, it's over. I think I think it's very possible. And I um, kind of feel like that that's been the plan all along. It's just the fans have kind of hoped that it would be like one last run and all that. But I, I think that this is it. This is one match. Yeah, we'll see. And that's coming up soon. Um, but, but yeah, I, so 
listen, I, I would have been, it would have been great to see Danielson as AEW champion. I still think there's time for him to win that title. He also, I think I talked about it before, but he also might be kind of in like that Shawn Michaels role now of like, yep, that's exactly know, how I view him. Just not really, he like Sean, for people that don't remember, when Sean came back after his like four year injury, he won the world title like right away and like held it briefly. And then after that, he notoriously like lobbied against himself winning the title. Like he just, he did yep. not want to be the world champion. And I can see Danielson being the same way for a lot of reasons. I mean, obviously he's a disciple of Shawn Michaels, like training and all that, or at least he went to the school. I don't know how often Shawn was actually there based on like the stories, but, um, <laughs> but, but um, Sean gets the credit. That's all yes, that matters. Sean gets the credit. Um, but also like William Regal gets a lot of credit for him and stuff. Danielson, you know, anyway, the, the point is um, I can see Danielson maybe being like, no, like I don't need the title. I'm already Brian Danielson. I'm already, I'm already the, you know, who I am. Like, I don't, I don't need the belt. Um, so maybe that's the case at the end of the day, MJF is going to be the next AEW world champion. So it was just a matter yeah. of like how they wanted to get there. And they've already planted the seeds with him and uh, MJ, uh, MJF and Mox. They have the history where Mox beat MJF and MJF's first attempt at the world title uh, already like a couple of years ago. Um, and and he, they were selling some unfinished business there too. Cause I remember Mox used the paradigm shift and he wasn't supposed to during that match also. So I guarantee you they're going to use that leading into this, uh, this eventual rematch. So I think it's going to be good. Like I'm, I'm fine with it, but I also totally understand people wanting to see Danielson as the champion. I will also say this though. I would rather see Danielson if they're going to do it. Cause once again, like we have some time here. If they, if MJF wins the title in the next couple months, then he could still have like a six month run, six month run plus or whatever they're going to do six months to a yep. year. And Danielson could still win the title at some point after that and still have like, you know, a legitimate run before his contracts up and everything too. So, um, and yeah, see like this is what Frankie's saying. I agree with this too, I, but here's the thing. He's saying Danielson could have got the belt and then dropped it to MJF, which I agree with. They could have done that, but would you rather, would you rather just have Mox just if he, if it's going to be a short title run, I'd almost rather it just be Mox again real quick, put over MJF and then like leave the real title run for Danielson for later, not just something fast, if that makes sense. So, <laughs> yeah. Are you a, are you a devil worshiper there, uh, Steven? Oh, I do. I love, I love what he's doing with that stuff. I think it's so funny. He called that one dude out. Do you see the, the dude who, brought up the i don't know if i can even say it on here there's a symbol that represents a specific german group of oh, people wow. that okay. um do not like the jewish faith i think right. that symbol that i'm talking about um yeah. somebody had like the audacity to like comment and this is like a verified dude on twitter i saw he was like could you just put one of those symbols on a shirt now that we're just putting devil merch out there and it's like Dude, that's not the same thing, man. Like, you show up with that symbol on a shirt in public, like, you're don't expect well, people then, to play with that. I saw one guy say that, like, Tony Khan hates Christians because he supports the devil. And I'm just like, bro, like, no, he's saying true. that he is evil, he right. is the devil. Like, it's the same, it's not like, well, let's legit worship Lucifer, Satan, whatever. 
and he's having fun where he's basically saying, you people love me so much that even if I'm the devil, you're a little devil worshiper. It's just, it's, it's right. fine. It's no, so I personally, I agree, but I also, I'm not huge on organized religion. I, I understand that there are people that are going to take that more seriously. I'm just not one of those people. Um, but MJF did respond to that tweet I was just talking about, and he told the guy to wear it to his show. He's like, yeah, wear it, see what happens. Basically, like, you know what I mean? Wear, wear a shirt with that symbol on it and see what happens. Like, yeah, it won't go well. Idiot. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's, if anything, you would think that, like, you would be more offended by, like, the House of Black, since they literally try to look more like Satan. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... yeah. It, that's the thing is everybody plays a character. Like it's just it's it is what it is. Don't role. don't take it too serious. Like it's here's the it's thing. Fine. Those same people, I wonder, and I, I it's probably the same way, honestly. There's probably movies that they lobby against too. They see some sort of like yeah. devil movie and they're like on Twitter, like you shouldn't be doing this. You know, it's probably not even just MJF and wrestling. It's just people who are trying to police how other people live their lives or think what's funny what, what's okay to be funny and what's okay to joke about what's okay to you know look at the end of the day pro wrestling it's fake right like i mean like it's it's a it's predetermined it's it's very real as far as like you can get hurt and it, it takes a ton of skill to pull off and to do it at a high level there's not a lot of people that can do it to the level you know the, the respect obviously i have for for what they do but this is at the end of the day like it's a it's a show like just like a television show or, any, or anything else you watch it's fiction at the end of the day so if there's somebody out there playing a now there's limits to this of course there's certain lines you don't want to cross but i don't think you're really crossing that many lines saying i'm the devil you know what i mean i'm the devil and you're worshiping the devil clearly the message isn't literal like it's it's just like what you said it's a guy who is the ultimate bad guy who is the ultimate bad guy in all the history of the world the devil so he's comparing right. himself to the biggest bad guy that there is. It's the most relatable, most recognizable bad guy anyone can ever think of and saying, you people are so bad. You worship me. I'm the devil. You're devil worshipers. He's putting it back yeah. on them. That's the ultimate heel. He's putting it back on them and saying, he's even he's saying, you like me so much. You're even worse than I am. We're liking right. you. Right. You know, like, it's, 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 it's smart. It's smart for you. But, but it's like. I just laughed at it. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is just offensive and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's stupid. But I will say that, man, I think it needs to be said, like, dude, I've never seen anything like him since The Rock. Like when it comes to, yes, when it comes to just being able to flip from heel to baby face to own the crowd to get everyone's attention, like, and I remember, dude, when he first started, I remember when I saw his promos at All In, because that's how I wasn't watching the Indies at all. So you remember, like, they were doing, like, the road to All In, yeah. and they played, like, his little promo stuff, and I was like, wow, man, he's he's entertaining, he's funny, right? And then he had his match with Matt Cross as the opener, and I was just kind of like, oh, he's not very good in the ring, so whatever, but, like, okay, cool. And then... He later on signed with AEW and it was just like, oh my God. Like he, but like the improvement that this dude has done to the point to where we're asking him to be champion. We all want him to be champion over the best in the world, all over the place on that, in that roster. And we want this guy to be champion. 
And not only that, like makes his presence presence known so much that when he's gone, it feels like something is extremely off, right? So I, I just I, I can't give him enough props, man. Like I think that he's done an amazing job and I think that he's uh he is he is a huge talent and I think Tony is definitely at that same stance. I really personally think that the bidding war of 04 is or 2024 is BS. Like I think he signed an extension. I in my opinion. I don't know that for a fact in any way, right? But I I just think they have a pretty good agreement that it's not just, you know, I'll give you a bump and that's it. Yeah, I, I don't know one way or the other, to be honest. I But I could I could believe either way. I could believe that he signed an extension. I could believe that he didn't. I think he, I think he for sure did get paid more money, though, to return. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, and MJF is a guy, like, man, I, because I, you know, I got to see him for a little while pre-AEW, and I remember he used to cut promos we talk about being like the best two year veteran in wrestling and stuff. And, all, and it was like, and he was such an asshole, like the way yep. he was delivering these promos. And I was like, how is this guy talking this kind of game? The first time I think I ever saw him, it was live. And it was at this, it was at a show called, I've talked about the show before. It's called Dojo Pro. And it was on Amazon prime for a while. I don't know where you can find it now, but it was, it was this like tournament based wrestling show that, you had to get invited to and they shot it like a tv show and there was maybe like 20 people in the crowd maybe not even that many and yeah. um in this dude the roster i'm just to prove my point of like this was like the most slept on wrestling thing ever and just no one ever talks i'm gonna give them this huge plug right now um this is from a few years ago so it's called dojo pro um i'm gonna pull up the website and i'm gonna tell you who is in in this tournament that they do it's probably like all major wrestlers with this crazy or no it's crazy yeah so so this was from man i wish you could remember exactly when when this aired it's a the copyright is 2018 on the website so um so it's probably 2018 so we're talking 18 19 20 22 around five or so years ago um and the way they did it was like it was like a ranking system and you had to like climb the ladder and the person at the end got a shot at the ring of honor television title. That was like kind of the big prize at the end of it. So this is um, from rankings number 12 through one. This is the tournament. Okay. Yep. Some of these names bigger than others. Okay. Carrie awful. Who's somewhat fallen off, but he's mainly a trainer now. Yeah. Kevin Koo, Kevin one half of Bounces Forever, one of the top tag teams, probably the top tag teams of the Indies. Gunnar Miller, who wound up being pretty big in the Southeast scene, but didn't really do much past that. Wheeler yeah. Yuta. Yep. Wheeler Yuta. Uh, Corey, Corey Hollis, who is um, Hangman Page's old tag team partner from like forever ago. Had, had a run in like Ring of Honor and stuff. Okay. Joey Janela. <laughs> Who's that? Brandon, Brandon Cutler. Um, wow. Yeah, pre-Stooge Brandon Cutler. Uh, Cutler. Um, yeah. And the whole story of him in the tournament was that his friends, the Young Bucks, had like made it so big, and he was trying to get back into wrestling to try to like get right. back in touch with them, basically. Like, and, like yes, look at what that happened there. Um, they had a veteran spot, which was Cowboy James Storm, so that was tight. Um, so James Storm was in this thing. Ricky Starks. 
Wow. Aaron Solo, MJF, Swerve, and uh, Jeff Cobb. Like wow. that was the, that was this tournament that I saw with like twenty people, like <laughs> like over the, it was the span of like three days, and um and like pretty much that whole roster is on television now, or like completely killing it on the indies. So, um yeah, I mean that's just here to show you in five years that was just twelve people right there, and like probably like seven or so of them are like everyone in the wrestling space knows at this point. Pretty crazy. yeah, that's that's nice. Look, Green Man, I agree. The Dojo Pro belt was trash. They they, they got a little too cute with it. They, they made the actual belts look like uh like karate belts, like the like a white belt and a black belt. Um, but the talent on the show, man, they all I mean, it was really cool that, that they've all gotten so big. Anyway, I saw I saw MJF during that, and that was the first time I think I'd seen him. And that was where I tried to shake his hand after the show. And he told me to F myself and like left me hanging. And I was like, yeah. wait a second. This guy just does this. Like not even when the cameras are on or anything. He just that he treats fans like this. And then I saw him do a podcast and he called the interviewer fat boy, like 10 different times. And I was like, Oh my God, he's just roasting this dude. Like, yeah. that was like, I was like, this guy's a genius. Like this is going to be the biggest heel in wrestling. Like, I can't believe this. Cause also during the show, this dude's out in the rain doing like Fosbury flops to the outside of like six one nines and stuff. And I was like, so like MJF can like really go in the ring. It's just, he doesn't do a whole lot of that as a heel, but it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty wild though to see. It'd be funny if he actually wrestles baby face and all of a sudden he starts doing like a hurricane Rana's and, hurricane Rana's and yeah. freaking, uh, four fifty splashes and all that stuff. Yeah. I yeah. I think you do shooting star presses and stuff like, yeah. yeah so, um, but why would you when you can get over just hitting someone in the face with a ring? You know what I mean? Like, well, and then my thing is too is like, I mean, him as a champion, I think the heel heat that he could get would just be yeah. unreal. Absolutely. So it would be uh, very, very interesting to see how that's going to go and what they're going to do. But yeah, I don't know. I. Uh, I'm just ready for it at this point. Like, I think that we're ready for something new. And I think that MJF is definitely that guy. So if you guys are ready for MJF to be champion, smash that like button. Yes. If you haven't, I definitely would appreciate it. Um, if you guys uh, like Moxley, smash that like button. Uh, like I said, I don't want to say anything like overly negative about Moxley. I like Moxley. I just, you know, when Punk was saying that he was like the third best member of the group, <laughs> it kind of feels that way. And that's where it's hard for me to make him like the guy, the guy, the guy. Like I bro, you I, ain't you ain't you ain't bigger than Kenny Omega in my eyes. You ain't bigger than a lot of the you ain't you ain't bigger than Brian Danielson. Like there's things that I just don't view him the same. But like if we're gonna have like some type of death match badass hardcore match like i want him in the forefront i want to see that match uh i absolutely love the kenny omega and um uh john moxley match i loved uh from full gear back in the day i loved the john moxley will osprey one-on-one match that they had in chicago like it's not that he's a bad wrestler i thought him and cm punk had a really good match he's had good matches i just want uh, 
part of me was like, okay, when you're talking about all elite wrestling, you're talking about being the best. And like, that's where I felt like Will Ospreay really fit in there because it's like, he is the best. And you can look forward to seeing the very best in the ring. When you have the Young Bucks, it's like, that's the best. And so if the Young Bucks are going to face FTR for the titles, that's the two best in the world right there. Like, those are the best tag teams. That's what I want All Elite Wrestling to be. I don't know if I want All Elite Wrestling to be Chris Jericho as Ring of Honor champion and John Moxley as um, the AEW champion and the acclaim as the tag team champions. Like, that just feels like a different company, a different direction. And then maybe that's what they are at this point. And that's not enough for me to say I'm done with them or anything like that. No, we're close to that. It's just, it's going to take a while in my mind to transition to what it first started out to where it is now, I guess. I mean, I do think it's going to be possible to a degree. There's, there's different circumstances due to the, the longevity difference between the two people I'm going to talk about here. But I think we could look back in history. Listen, I'm not going to say I, I, I'm with you. I think AEW is still killing it. Their shows are still awesome. Like, it still can't miss TV. Like, you still got to watch every Dynamite. You still got to buy every pay-per-view. Like, yep. like, I think AEW is still the best mainstream television company that there is. Yep. So don't get it twisted. Still a huge right. AEW stand over here. But, can't wait for tomorrow. It's right. Dynamite. Like, it's... It, it's this isn't just some weekly program that's like, oh, I might catch it if I feel like it. Like, no, I, I generally look right. forward to it every week. But I do think that there are some somewhat of a similarity to a degree of like when it comes to the identity of the company, it kind of feels like when Cody left AEW, it's kind of like AJ leaving TNA. Like it was like a different company after that. You know what I mean? Like it was like a I... different I feel like if that if if all of them leave, that's how I would feel. Right. No. No. I agree. But I'm. I, but I'm just saying. Like, let's say that like they stay suspended for a while, or like you know they don't get the the big push that they were getting before coming back. Right. Not EVPs anymore, and it's kind of like it becomes more about the um the kind of the people you were just talking about. Um, same kind of thing was like when AJ left. It was like their identity just changed. It was like how is this TNA without AJ? Like. You know, yep. just, this is just a different company. Probably that, like, EC3 and, like, Magnus. Right. And, like, like, we're going from, like, the best in the world to just, like, straight WWE-style guys that WWE doesn't want. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. where we were. Yeah. No, you're it, it, very true. Like, um just a total totally different direction and but here's the thing AEW once again like they're still killing it in the ring it's not like the in-ring product is is lacking or the stories aren't good or it's none of that it's just the people in place it's when AEW was found like here's the thing and i've said it before if had i'm not faulting anybody because you you had to sign these people from WWE when they became available like like yeah. all these people that WWE released Tony Khan, when they started AEW, they could have never imagined they'd have access to so many known talents that they could bring over. But right. if this were, if all that wouldn't have happened, is right now is where we'd be seeing like the world title level runs of guys like like MJF probably would have already happened. 
uh darby allen would be way up there jungle boy would probably be even farther up um you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of talent that you just kind of had to put towards the back a little bit um when you're bringing in all these other bigger names yeah it just is what it is i'm not saying that's a bad thing or that it's bad business but it does change the trajectory of what your company is because we would be having an AEW where we'd have some veterans sprinkled in there but the majority of the main event scene in the title scene would probably be quote unquote AEW homegrown wrestlers, yeah. not so much where we are now, where it's kind of mainly <clears throat> for the most part wrestlers you probably already knew pre AEW with some of the AEW homegrown sprinkled into it. It's kind of it's kind of reversed. It is it isn't to like the degree of what like impact eventually wound up doing where they they over flooded it with like untalented or comparatively untalented veterans in comparison to when you're bringing in, you know, Mick Foley at the age he was and you're pushing him instead of like amazing red or whatever, you know what I mean? Like that, that yeah. those kind of decisions, like yeah. um, Samoa Joe is not getting a push because Scott Steiner is, you know, like, like that kind of stuff. So it isn't to that level, but it's just, there are those kind of similarities of bringing in the names and then your homegrown people kind of get in the back seat. So they, but but I do think AEW has gonna done a good job of blending that. It's just there would have been really no blend if those talents wouldn't have come in, and we'd be seeing like, and we in a lot a lot of these people that we that have left AEW wouldn't have like I think like guys like Joey Janela would have been would have been there would have been more progress there. Marco Stun would have continued to be a part of the show to some degree. Like there would have been wrestlers that would still be in AEW now too. So it, it would just look like a totally different company at the end of the day. Like we're both. And I don't want to like speculate on too much or stuff, but there has been some things that have been kind of said that I'm kind of like, hmm. And I'm a firm believer in this. If you're not on TV, if you're not like a big part of the show, Tony Khan is not a big fan of you. Right. And I feel like, I, Joey Janela flat out said that Tony Khan absolutely hated this Sunny Kiss Joey Janela tag team vignette from the gas station and that he didn't really like them as a tag team and we never saw Sunny Kiss, right? And then I don't think it's really that big of a coincidence that Kenny Omega is not around and then Nyla Rose is no longer really a part of the show. Like, I think that there are certain people that have had their certain hand on certain parts of the roster. And now we're kind of getting to see what Tony wants to do more so than than others. And I think that's going to start to happen more and more. And I'm curious to see how people react to that, because I feel like at this point, Tony now is like, I've really got to take things. And I was starting to think about this as kind of all over the place, but like, this really started in the summer. Like after Double or Nothing, when CM Punk won the title, it's pretty much like, right after Punk got hurt. Is like pretty much when it feels like it's like right yeah. after that. Because what happened is we had a string of injuries, just a ton of them, and then we had New Japan come in, and it felt like AEW was kind of losing his focus. And then they had to flip the card all over the place and they had to have an interim title which frustrated a lot of fans and then we go i I really appreciate that wayne by the way thank you so much i'm i'm i hope that if you are new i don't know if you are but if you are you would subscribe 
please hit that like button. Yeah. Tell, tell people about us. Uh, we'll but we'll yeah, get to all the super shots too. We see them. We'll, we'll get to every one of them. But I, I think too, like it was the interim title. And then with the women, we're now that now you have a women's interim title and, and now that there's questionable injuries of why these people are even being interim titles. Then we have to wait 10 months for Kenny Omega to come back only to be gone after three weeks. You bring in all these other titles, the, the, at whatever Atlantic North Atlantic title that. Atlantic, no, yeah, I know it's, the, it's, it's lost the in the mix. Trios, the trios titles, like all these titles that are just like, and then you're mixing in all the ROH titles. So I think there was just a lot of frustration about like, dude, like this isn't what this company was. I think Tony buying Ring of Honor has been a big distraction as well. Like I enjoy when they actually have shows, but that is not really what we're getting. We're getting AEW TV used to promote Ring of Honor and then just buy the pay-per-view when it comes on, right? Like. Yeah, and, and, and I, I, I don't want to take a shot at Jericho winning the ROH title because I actually agree with the decision and I'm fine with that. But I also want that belt to represent great matches and like the best, right? I think it would be super dope though if like Jericho and Danielson have a pay-per-view match for the ROH title. Like I think that would be kind of cool. And um, I think Jericho's wrestling Jericho's wrestling Bandito on Wednesday. I love it. I mean, yeah, like never, never thought I would see that in a million years. And let's be honest, like these matches aren't bad that he's having. No, like, dude, you're not. You don't have to, you don't have to convince me, dude. Like, but I'm I mean, just trying to like let everyone know. Yeah. Like, every, I think people are still like holding against him that he was overweight and moving slow and all that. Like, if you haven't watched him in the past couple of months, he's not that bad. Like, yes, he's not the prime Jericho, but he still can can go, especially at his age. As many years as he's been doing this, like it's really impressive what he's doing right now. And he's still over. Like that's the thing. Yes. Like, like none of this would be happening if the crowd wasn't still responding to him. Like I agree. So it's I mean, he's he's one of the most recognizable wrestlers in the entire world, been doing yep. it forever, and he's still doing it at a super high level. I would still now obviously it's still the, it's a combination of his tenure and his talent and everything, but like I still think he's up there all around. I'd still put him up there. Um, I'd honestly say, like, value-wise, he's probably one of the top 10 most valuable wrestlers in the world right now. Like, right now. On, like, name yeah. value, being able to go in the ring, um, yeah. can work with anybody, can, and can still have good matches and good stories. And he's willing to continue, continually evolve and change his style and his gimmick and go with the flow. I mean, I... And also, like, think about, like, like we're talking about MJF helping elevate CM Punk. Jericho helped elevate MJF to before they even got to that situation. Thousand, Do you know what I mean? So, and I mean, Jericho helped elevate, he helped elevate Orange Cassidy. He yep. helped elevate, he's been helping elevate Daniel Garcia. He helped elevate Eddie Kingston. I mean, he has definitely gone out of his way to help. I mean, even like Adam Page. When they first started, like, uh, and just being he, the champion when they started helped elevate the company, like, gave right? it credibility. Kenny Omega, I mean, just, just Cody, like, yeah, that was a that was a big deal. Like, I mean, it just he has been such a huge part of AEW, 
And I love the fact that like, even when the train feels like it's going off the rails, Jericho is like, hell no, this is my company. And like, we're going to make sure that we're a successful company. I'm not going anywhere. Cause a veteran like him could easily just be like, dude, when this contract's up, I'm so out of here and I'll just, you know, sign my alumni WWE deal and get my elite action figure and make my WrestleMania every year appearance and show up at Mania if I want to and be done. Right. I, I honestly think he just refuses to be a part of anything bad. Like, like as far as like, uh, like, 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 un- like if he can help it, you know what I mean? I think he just, I think that's why he loves AEW because yeah. he can help. It. He can be yeah. like, Tony, this sucks. And they were like, okay, what do you want to do? Right. Yeah. And, and he's a guy that should be listened to, um, you know, oh, yeah. like, you know, so it's like, he just, I don't think he wants to be a part of failures, I guess, at the end of the day is what I mean. And even like Fozzie, you have to give him credit for, this band who it's a very small band in the grand scheme of things, but they, the way that they've lasted and they get to like play, like they open for like, like really massive bands at like big concerts. And so like, he's really over exceeded what you should have been able to accomplish. 100%. And like, and, and even popped over to mainstream. I remember he used to do a lot of stuff like VH1 and stuff like that. And like some TV and whatever, like he's in a really good, and, and, so I don't think he wants to be attached to stuff that fails. Like, so if he's going to be an AEW, he wants to be, he wants it to be a success. And I think him winning the ring of honor world title is incredible. Like, obviously I'm a giant Mark for Jericho, but I just think it's cool as hell that he gets to win this title belt. It kind of feels like him winning the WCW title when it was already in the WWF. Like it's kind of weird. Like it's kind of hard to count him as a former WCW champion when he won the title after the company had, had closed. But, um, you know, it is it is a cool aesthetic for me to see Ring of Honor, uh, the Ring of Honor title on Chris Jericho, and I do think he'll do the title justice. I think he's gonna have a banger with Bandito tomorrow. Um, yeah. He'll have a banger at the pay per view. Like I like I said, I hope they do him and Danielson as well. Um, there's plenty of people. They, there's uh, there's there him and Daniel Garcia is just waiting to happen. I mean, they're gonna probably have a series of matches that are gonna be big. You know, yep. like there's there's a there's a lot of stuff that's still on the table for Jericho, and if he can just stay healthy and uh, and uninjured, really, I mean, he's 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 as he's he might be the most. I mean, depending on how you look at it, he's probably still one of, if not the most valuable guys like AEW has on the roster right now for what he can bring yeah. to the table for for that company. And I mean, just like when his music hits, you know, you're an AEW show. You know right. what I mean? Like that Judas. Like every a lot of people hate it and get annoyed by it, but like at that point, at this point, it's such a staple of like going to a live AEW show to sing Judas. Like it's just part of the show. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's just one of those things that like he he has really in a short time. Like I think his AEW run is going to be looked at very fondly when it's all over with. Like what he's accomplished in this short period of time. Well, with with the Judas song, I saw an interview that he did. Or I can't remember with who, but I saw that he had said, um, he had said that he talked to Tony when the Jericho Appreciation Society was forming, and he was telling Tony he wanted to change the theme song because Jericho, being the smart guy that he is, he's like, "We're heels. People are going to be, you know, singing the song. Like, we want to get booze." 
he's always done stuff like that throughout his career. Like if he, if he's a heel or he's a baby face, like when he was a heel in the WWE, there was times where he wouldn't let them have merchandise of his. Cause he's like, I'm a heel. People shouldn't be buying my shirts. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so he's always thought like that. And, um, and Tony was like, no, you have to keep the song. And apparently him and Jericho fought over a little bit. And Tony eventually, you know, won out And his argument was, when fans pay a ticket to go to these AW shows, there's an expectation now that they get to sing the song, you know? So it's yep. like, you know, you're right about that. Like, you know, Jericho yeah. wanted to get rid of it even to be a, a bigger heel, but Tony recognized that there are people that are buying tickets to be a part of that, that entrance. Well, and then, I mean, sometimes the first experience you've ever been to, right? Like it's sometimes the first AEW show and like, you can't wait to be there live and hear Judas. Like that's just part of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I get it. All right, let's get some of these super chats. Thanks, guys, so much for sending yes. these in. As always, appreciate it. Um, your your buddy, Mr. 86. Yeah. Everyone's tired of mock stuff for Steven. Why? Go ahead, Steven. You can go ahead. I mean, we've it. already kind of touched this. I, I appreciate you being in the chat, dude. As always, I uh, appreciate the super chat. Um, we'll just agree to disagree. I still think John Moxley is one of the most badass interesting wrestlers in, in wrestling right now, especially you have to consider the GCW and indie run that he's been doing on the side. I think it's, I, I got nothing but respect for John Moxley. So I disagree. I'm fine with him as champion, but I also understand a lot of people want to be innocent to win the belt. Once again, can't stress it enough. MJF's the next champion regardless. So it's all just kind of keep that in mind. Yeah. Do you think it'll wait all the way to full gear? Or do you think that they might try to, pull the trigger early on a dynamite or something. I think they're going to pull the trigger in Cincinnati. Oh, the, gonna, the, yeah. But isn't that when Adam Page gets his title shot? Yeah, but I think maybe MJF like cashes his chip like that same night or something. Because if he can win it in Cincinnati, that's kind of it's it's not the same equivalent, but it's the same idea of like him beating Moxley or sorry, beating Punk in Chicago. He could beat Moxley in Cincinnati and get the big boo that he because here the problem if he wins it in, in new york he's going to get massively cheered when he wins the title and yeah. they the, the aesthetic there should be him getting booed when he wins that belt so there's really no better, yes there, there's really no better play they need this to look as close to the nwo forming a bash of the beach 96 as possible <laughs> like they want the ring full of, of trash if possible so i i think that um I, I think that would be the best place to do it. You would have MJF beat Moxley in Moxley's own town, get booed out of the building, and then he shows up as a hero with the world title in New York. Nice. Yeah. By the way, have we ever gotten Adam Page and Moxley? Um, have we gotten it in, in the tag team match, I think, really early on? And they, they mix it up in one of those uh, ladder matches, one of those like – Yeah, yeah, six-way or whatever. So like never one-on-one. I don't think they've done a one-on-one. -on -one, not that I can remember. That's exciting. I like that match. I mean, I'm looking forward to yeah. that. And Hangman's always going to be, be because of the way that he was pushed and the long run to get him to the title, and then his actual title run itself. He's he's always going to be credible, in my opinion, of getting title shots. So, I mean, if you, you know, could go back and do it all over again, it, I would have him beat CM Punk hands down at double or nothing, oh. and just keep the thing going. I mean, with without question. I mean, that's that's the most we could have never seen it coming at the at the time. It was the right move. I'm even on record plenty of times. Yeah, saying I wanted it to happen too. Yeah. yeah, but in hindsight, that's definitely one of the biggest hindsight, you know, 2020 type 
conversations. We Imagine how different the entire year is because then you have the champion the whole time. You have no interim titles. You you could do you could do a big pay per view between Adam Page and Moxley if you wanted to. Like I mean, there's just so much that could have been done if Adam Page stayed champ. And there's that history from like really early on in AEW where it was always looked like Hangman and MJF were going to be like they were going to be kind of linked in some way, shape, or form when it came to like championships and stuff. Yeah, that I remember like the Diamond Ring. I'm pretty sure like came down to yep. the two of them like really early on, and yep. like there. So it's like honestly, hindsight, what they should have done. Hangman should still be the world champion right now. And MJF should be the one beating him for that title. Um, like now. Um, and if the Bucks were still, see, I can't let go of the Bucks. But if they were still Hill, um, I would, uh, I would have Hangman lose and then go back to the Bucks. Like basically, I tried this good guy stuff. I tried, but like I'm gonna go be with my friends and I'm going to, you know, maybe go back into his drunken stupor for a little bit or something. But like. I, I I love when champions take losses hard. I can't stand when they lose the belt and then they just like are in a regular match the next week or a tag match and they're like, yeah. Or how about how about this? How about this example? This was a real recent one. How about you aren't the champion, but you go to a country where the entire country is behind you. And you sell out an entire stadium, like a soccer stadium full of fans that are all there to see you win the championship in front of somewhat of a home crowd with a big home crowd advantage. And you go out there and you fight your your ass off and you almost win that title. You come so, so close, but Roman Reigns still pins you in front of everybody. And then you stand up and you're Drew McIntyre, but it's all good. You're going to sing with Tyson Fury after the match. That was so Miss American Pie or whatever. I don't know what they were singing. Oh, cringe. Like, I get get the whole house show thing about that, but, like, that's not the look you want when you just lost the biggest match of your life. Like, (laughs) that was so stupid. Um, So, yeah, I wanted to throw that out there, too, as a good example of – That's one thing that I absolutely loved about Triple H – it's like he made it known so much that that title meant everything to him. And, like, I remember when he would lose the title on pay-per-view, and I'm like, dude, he is going to go ballistic on Raw. Like, and he would usually start out the show just, like, throwing security and going up to the ring begging for a rematch and, like, whatever. But, like, it was it, it was always just – I remember when he – called China an ungrateful bitch. Like he did not care at some point. Like he, he, he would snap because that title meant everything. And I don't feel like a lot of wrestlers today display that like that was everything to them. And when they lose it, they really need to be like devastated and not just being like, "Eh, you know, it's okay. On to the next, yeah. or let me go find a mid Carter to go wrestle now. Like I, I don't like that. Yeah, I mean they they've just well, depending on the company we're talking about, they've just made so many of the titles just kind of like props. Like you know, I didn't realize this till recently. I think I saw Will Washington tweet about it. I, I, I don't know if it, if it's all the title belts. If you know this, or are are they Velcro belts now? They don't even like 
collapse, like do like the clamps. I think like their title belts are Velcroed now. And I was like, nice. that just seems even more childish to me. Like, like I wouldn't, like, you had to take pride. Like, when you, when you won like the WWF championship back in the day, like you won the big gold title belt or something like, you were fulfilling like a lifelong dream or whatever. And like, you're holding this piece of gold that you've wanted to hold your whole life. And like, it's this huge yeah. deal. And they would make little modifications here and there where, you know, they'd update the belt and stuff. But at the end of the day, like it was a real symbol of like, it's a, it's a predetermined business, but you've been chosen as the one that's the best at your craft. And you're the, the leader. It's like winning the Oscar. Like you are the one yeah. that has been chosen to represent the industry, you know? Yes, exactly. And that means a lot. And that, and that title belt came along with that. And like, that was like a big point of pride. I felt like was like, you got that belt. Now it's like you like in like WWE, for instance, listen, I think Roman's done great. Like I'm, I'm a Roman Mark. I, I'm yeah. all for it, but like most tribal of these title belts. Yes. Yeah. I acknowledge my tribal chief, but yep. I, but I, but if, you know what I mean? It's just like, it, it takes a little bit out of it probably for like the performers too. when it's like the symbol of what this is supposed to mean is this like this kind of like toy this velcro like thing that doesn't look it's not even made out of gold and stuff anymore it's like this weird like colored whatever it just looks like it literally just looks like a big toy that you're carrying around like it doesn't look like a like a like the aw world title belt looks like a world title belt you know like yeah so i think that's part of it too like like triple h listen i think he wanted to be WWE champion regardless of what the title belt looked like but I don't know. I, I just feel like there was more to it when that when that belt felt like something you really wanted to, you were like proud to carry. Well, like what I loved about this, and um, Kogan brings this up, where it's like yeah. going into WrestleMania, he tells him, I need to beat you, Rock. I need it more than you can ever imagine. And what's great about that is right there he's also talking about how he's willing to turn heel to beat him but nobody's picking up on that because he was such an ultimate baby face but then when you find out what happens and then you go back and watch that it's like ah that makes sense now and yeah. i feel like wrestling forgets a lot about that too and that's where like long-term storylines really work because you can go and find those little hints that they dropped that you're like, oh, I should have known. You know what I mean? Um, and I feel like that all that stuff kind of gets lost when you're just trying to throw cards together and figure out all this stuff and then suspensions and who's going to be there and injuries and all that. And it's just like it's just kind of lost its way. So I'm just hoping they kind of regroup and, and get focused on these long-term storylines. And, I mean, they definitely obviously have a plan, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Mission said another super chat. I love that your Moxley hate makes us money. So it's like I'm all for this. Yeah, thanks, dude. Um, <laughs> say whatever you want about the guy. As long as you don't cross any like serious lines, you can really say whatever you want. I mean, that will really AEW uh, should do us all a favor and have Mox do an I quit match for the title and lose to M MJF. Who does wrestle this week? And nobody juice Robinson chump. Now hmm. he is not a big New Japan fan. Which is perfect because MJF hates New Japan, so it's like it it, it speaks to him because it's like I hate New Japan too. I think it sucks also. So he doesn't, you know. And so of course he's saying Mox faces New Japan guy, but by the way, that is Tony Storm's husband. Just FYI, so he is winning in life. 
Um, we'll just say that. I mean, yeah, I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I, props, props, props. But it is random. Like, if you're going to call somebody from New Japan, can we do something? And not only that, like, can we do where we haven't seen it before? Like, Mox and Juice have had a bunch of matches before. They've been good, but I... But then didn't Tony say that has something to do with some type of tournament crap where it's like a contender this and that? Like, he's yeah. the champ. Why does it matter? Who cares? Yeah, like, Tony said he was going to put out some sort of, like, videos explaining the reasonings behind this stuff. I'll say this. Listen, I honestly don't mean this as disrespect, but I've always felt Juice Robinson was just kind of mid, and, like, I still yeah, kind of feel definitely. that way. You know, I, I like, I... He doesn't I suck. do think he's he had some, some matches that are very like, damn, that was pretty good. Like his but first but match. But who are his Moxley. opponents? I was about to say who no. are his opponents. Yeah, I've got I've got Moxley. I've got Jay White. Like that's what I've got for you. There you go. Like, and and listen, I still remember. Um, it, it was more of a squash, but like I mainly remember him from losing to Kevin Owens when Owens debuted in NXT when he busted yeah. his nose up. Yep. Like that's yep. like the main thing I still think of. Listen, I give credit to Juice for like reinventing himself multiple times and the longevity he's had post WWE. Like, I'm not hating on the guy at all. I just, I'm with you. Like, when I think New Japan Pro Wrestling and like the best wrestlers in the world from that company, I I wouldn't have Juice anywhere near the near the top of that list. I'm I'm with you. So yeah, I don't. And and he's using it because he won in Capital Collision. He was the last one to have the U.S. title in the U.S. or some. Right. Some ridiculous reason. Like, listen, if you have to have like a long drawn out tweet to explain it or come out with a video to explain your idea, it's probably too complex and it shouldn't happen. Kind of like telling a joke and then having to explain the joke. So right. You really hit the Aren't you laughing? It's, it's, you know, and if you did that and then you know, you're still not laughing. Oh, okay. You know, right. whatever. But no, like, like, no, this is a big match. And it's like, why is it a big match? And it's like, you give all these reasons. It's like, but is it is it a big match, though, at the end of the day? Because, like, we all know that there's no way Moss is losing to Juice Robinson. Right. So, like, I think there's a better chance of Bandito beating Chris Jericho. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it, that's more right. likely than Juice beating Why can't Moss. we get Bandito versus Moxley if we're going to play that card? I'd, I'd want to see that, too. Like, Honestly, but I'm not saying sense. necessarily, but but I'm just saying, like, yeah. think outside the box of that instead of juice. Like, right. bring in Jay White, you know? I don't know. Like, just if you want to really mix things up, have Okada stop on by. Like, a lot of these guys aren't doing anything right now, so yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't like no, it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's just for Mox to stay active and get a win. You know, like yeah. over somebody who they're at least trying to make it seem like it's something that that matters, you know, to some degree. Right. So I, I, I'm fine with it. And we're it's a whole different scenario if he somehow beat Mox. At, at that point, I'd be like, well, what are we doing here? But oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 oh. oh yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't explain the <laughs> the level of fury I would bring the next week on live rounds. Uh, that happens, and um, you might see me tweeting a lot more uh, Monday nights from 8 p.m. <laughs> to 11 p.m. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, a, no, thank you. Um, oh, Moss? Yeah. Michael with Super Chat. Thanks, Michael. Man, sorry about Cooper Rush, dude. That's that's brutal. That sucks. High ankle sprain. 
looks like four to six weeks. It's gonna you said be... Cooper Rush. You mean Mac Jones? Yeah, the guy. What am I saying? You know, <laughs> I mix them up. I I'm, yeah, Mac Jones. Sorry, man. Sorry about that. Uh, thanks for the save there, Stephen. I would have kept on going. Luckily, I lost um, all two. We're good. We're good. Right. Uh, what do you think will be the one to eventually end, or who do you think will be the one to eventually end Jade's undefeated streak? Do you think she is even in the company currently? I'll tell you who I think it was going to be, but they might have Stout to. Yeah, I thought it was be Stylander. Yeah, yeah. I I thought I thought it would be one of those things where like. Kind of like how I was talking about Starks and Hobbs, where Statlander keeps getting close. Like, I don't think there's any way that Statlander's going to get the first shot at her and win. I but think she's already lost one of those. Right. But I'm, just saying, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, say she comes back. She's all hyped up or whatever. Like, I think that she'll give Jay the fight of her life. Jay barely gets out of there, but Jay will win. But I think she'll continually get rematches until she finally wins. So... Yeah. Yes, that lander's probably my guess, but I don't know. What do you think about Athena's run so far? I mean, Not uh, as big an impact as yeah, yeah. I mean, um, but I would say that a, I would say it's been more successful than Ruby Riot, but less successful than what I, I would think say less. Do. I would say less hyped. Like, right? Like, Ruby had this, like, they tried to treat Ruby like she was CM Punk and Brian Danielson and Adam Cole, and I was just like, I stopped. Like, yeah, let's not do that. Not the same. Not at all. Like, um, I'll keep the same energy here to keep it across the board and let people know I'm not biased in that I will call it like I see it. If I'm going to call Juice Robinson mid, I will also call Ruby Riot mid. Like, easy. Yeah. Like, By I, the way, it looked like Tay really jacked her up. Like broke her nose and all sorts of good stuff. Like if you watch but, the highlight with the knee. Yeah, yeah, that's probably broken nose. Yeah, definitely broken nose. Yeah, I think she had the operation or surgery, right? but I mean, it it was legit. She she messed up on that. And this 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 transitions perfect into because I was about to bring up how yeah. I, I I think Soraya will be. I if if, if she stays uninjured like if she's able to to have like a real run i think yeah. she will be the one out of these that like does like i think she will be a big star in AEW if she it's warranted right like yeah. it makes sense if she if she actually can wrestle then she deserves the hype that ruby riot got not only that your dream booking match in my opinion is Britt baker versus soraya like that's the yeah. biggest match that aew can do female wise if that's what you're going to do but let me read the super chat thanks yeah. alex for the uh super chat i really appreciate it man yeah how do you think aew will book soraya i see reports saying that she might not be cleared to wrestle by the way she got great pop for her debut yeah she had a killer pop yeah. um it was cool it, it kind of pissed me off, though. Sean Ross kind of did this, and he tried to backtrack, but I really felt like that he dropped a big hint when he said, I think he said the day of the show, that he said that AEW has contacted her. And yeah. so when they were beating them down, I was like, there's only one big surprise female that would market this spot. And it would be Paige. Like, that's the only one that's out there that's available that would really get a reaction. So when the lights 
there were like when the hit music hit and all, I was like, dude, that's Paige. Like I know it is. And then there she was. And I was like, oh, okay. So there you go. Um, she said that she's going to clear up, you know, she said, don't believe the dirt sheet. She'll be on Wednesday. I think if she can't wrestle, I think this is not worth signing in my opinion. Like it's just, it's, it's, you can't hint at her being here only for her to just be like a manager type or something. Like, I think she's here to wrestle. So we'll see what happens, but I do think star power wise, she's probably the biggest female star that they've had in the company. I agree. And I think that her and Brit is the biggest thing you could do. And it looks like they're going to do it early. Like you're not going to wait around and like risk that like, yeah. like that is where they're heading. And people have to also remember, you know, and you know this, Doug, I don't, I don't watch a lot of movies, but I did yep. see Fighting for My Family, the, the yep. Page movie that had The Rock in it. Yep. I, and it was a really good movie. And a lot of people, like non-wrestling fans and stuff, a lot of people know who Page is um, through the movie. And, and so people know her for other reasons too, but we're not going to get into all that. But like, you know, there's, <laughs> she's very, 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 very well known. Um, yeah. Almost a lot of circles. I, I would I would say that I agree. I think she is the uh, the most she's probably the most famous woman in all of AEW. Like yep. I'd, I'd imagine she probably has the most social media followers too. Like if I looked at like all the Twitter, she probably she's in the multi millions. I'd imagine um, she's big on Twitch and stuff like that too. So like um, there, she has a she has a community enough that will follow her, right? Yeah. I mean, like she almost has actually did. She almost has 3 million alone on Twitter. I mean, that's like, she will actually get people that would never would have watched AEW that will watch AEW to see her. Not only that, she was a big star in total divas, like big. Um, So like, I like my, my niece that doesn't watch wrestling, watch total divas. She absolutely knows who Paige is, but she doesn't know anything. She, if I told her what all elite wrestling was, she would have no clue what the name is, but I'd be like, Paige is on there. And she's like, Oh cool. I'll check it out. You know what I mean? So, right. I, yeah. And when she also hasn't wrestled in like five years. So like there's the intrigue there of like seeing her for the first time in so long. So. Well, what kind of makes yeah. me nervous about it, like, dude, when she got in, first of all, I'll say this, like, I'm not the biggest fan of her wrestling. I don't think she's ever had, like, a great match. Um, I think she's definitely been overhyped in that aspect, but I'll tell you, she's a star. She's a big star. So, uh, but my concern is, is, like, you got injured in a more softer style WWE. Like, can you handle a more aggressive AEW stuff? Sorry. And then, like, what injured her was something just very routine that, like, she was just all of a sudden she was down and she she couldn't get up. So that makes me nervous as well for her. So it's a risk. It's definitely a risk. But I think it's something their women's division really needs. And like I said, I mean, if your pay-per-view is, like, MJF versus Moxley and Soraya versus uh, Britt Baker. Like, those are two really big matches for pro wrestling and get people's interest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm i looking forward to seeing what Paige will do um, or Soraya will do in AEW. I think uh, – yeah, I, I I I totally agree. I think she's gonna have good matches. Um, and she'll have to. I mean, 
here's the thing when it comes to like the injuries i understand the concern but at the same time like we don't know what she might have been dealing with like before that you know she might have had yeah. like undiagnosed stuff that you know it's also been five years right like right well, a lot that, happened well that's the thing when you look at like danielson or like yeah. soraya or edge or some some yeah. of these type of wrestlers that take these long layoffs one thing we have to keep in mind, Christian, probably a good example too. Like, yep. he, th- there's a lot of people out there right now wrestling with like underlying things and like a, like a compound buildup of a lot of things that like eventually will lead to like serious injury. It's just inevitable. It's going. It's going to happen in this type of business. But like, they can prove. Like Brian Danielson has gone through like all this cryogenic therapy yeah. and like all these doctors and like they have actual proven reports where they can say like this is how healthy this guy's brain and neck is. And it's yeah. like what's like the real risk if you can like literally prove over and over again? And those guys are probably getting tested after every match too. They're probably doing the impact tests and making sure everything. So like they're being monitored. To, so it's like they actually it's probably I know it sounds very very strange to say because you know injuries are these injuries are very serious but it's probably it's probably safer for like danielson edge like those kind of guys to wrestle because like they are so closely monitored that they know that their their bodies are in, in the right health to be able to do it there's thousands of wrestlers that have things going on that just nobody knows because they're not getting that kind of close attention put on it you know what i mean so it's, it's yeah. this weird thing where it's like of course like if i broke my neck I'm going to have in the back of my mind that like my neck could break again and you're going to feel like you have a better chance than, than someone who that hasn't happened to. But at the same time, like you have a doctor telling you step by step by step, like you're okay. Like you're good to go out there tonight. We've tested this, 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 and this after the match, you test them again. Totally fine. You know? So well, like, I remember like, you know, when I watched total divas with Paige, like she had to like, go and get it approved if she could get a tattoo or not like wwe would have to approve her tattoo and if she did then she could get like suspended or fine so like she never really was able to just be herself in wwe so i'm just kind of curious like what is soraya what is she like like is she was she just like really held back and this we never really got to see the real version of her and all that stuff um you know, it's just, it's just kind of interesting to see, like, a new perspective of what she would be. And also, the kind of speaks volumes that, like, you know, Triple H came back and she chose not to go back there. So, it's like, it's not just, this is the only thing I want to do, you know? Well, I, I think, yeah, I, I think it's very possible WWE wouldn't clear her and other doctors would, and AEW listened to those doctors. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but I also think it's possible too, where like she kind of burned a bridge there. Like she was in a very toxic relationship with Alberto Del Rio. There was definitely issues that she had, and like maybe they just thought, you know, it's not worth it. We'll just move on, and they can deal with it if they want to. Like I don't know, but I I do think though that I do think that there are going to be people that aren't always going to agree with Triple H's vision and would rather go somewhere else. Like, it's not sure. literally just every single person is going to be like, I want to work for WWE now. Like, right. I think it'll still be, like, that's what the Monday Night Wars were, man. Like, there was, there was just, you go to both. You go to either one. Like, it just depends on what was offering the best deal and what was best for you, you know, so. Yeah, for sure. 
real quick before we get out of here, speaking of yeah. WWE, I do want to touch a little bit more on this whole Sami Zayn bloodline stuff. Yeah. Um, so, dude, I'm really digging the story. Like, legitimately, I think it's really good. Like, well, Disco Inferno says the best thing in pro wrestling. So, well, who would want to argue with Disco Inferno? Well, listen, MJF said that if anybody's got a problem with Disco, like you come through him. Like, oh, okay. posts, I didn't know he that. Posted that on I... Twitter. He posts okay. he's like basically like anything that Disco Inferno says is correct, and if you have a problem with it, like come see me. What, like, what a great heel! Such like, heel or he, right? Man, I still I still got it up on my wall the eight by ten that I got from Disco Inferno for my bar mitzvah when I was thirteen years old and he spelled my name wrong. Yeah. Um, so um, so yeah, the, I, uh, the E F E N. Well, I will well E F E N. Well, I, my, I saw my name P H E N, but he spelled right. like V. He like V. He spelled, I mean, he spelled like how you know it's understandable. Yeah. S E V. He used to yeah he used to frequent a. Uh, a restaurant that no longer exists. It was called O'Shaughnessy. They had some of the best, uh, best wings I've ever had in my life. I hate that, that place isn't around anymore. But I used to go in there all the time. So, um, anyway, Disco Inferno, um, whatever. Um, so the blood. Why should we? We just got another super chat. Let me. Um, go ahead and go in the bloodline and then we'll the bloodline the one, one with the super chat. Okay, cool. Yep. Um. Yeah, just wanted to bring it up. Like, I I think that it's been really, really well done. I really liked on Monday how Solo Sokoa came out and helped Sami Zayn beat AJ Styles, and like they're really protecting Sami. And Sami looks like a more competent, bigger star right now in this story than he has his entire WWE run ever since like coming up from NXT. In my opinion, like it seems like believable that he'll beat top guys because he also has the help of the Bloodline. And like he isn't giving up during his matches. Like there was a, a like a point where he was in the calf crusher and like he wasn't tapping out. And commentary is like Sami Zayn won't tap out because he doesn't want to disappoint the tribal chief. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like it actually is helping him to be a part of the bloodline. And they've actually accepted him in all but Jey Uso. The rest of them like actually like Sammy. Um, or at least that's how they're pretending. You know, Roman's eventually gonna destroy this guy's life. I mean, that's inevitably what it's probably gonna lead to. But for the time being, you know, I've made the jokes about Surf Ninjas and him being the Rob Schneider and the Guansu dude and, the, you know, him trying to be a part of the family and all this stuff. But, like, it actually is working on WWE television. Yeah. So I have to give them credit. I think it's a really good example of taking something that initially was just goofy and was probably going to be kind of like a throwaway type thing and it working and them just listening to the fans and going with it. And yeah. Sometimes that's just what you need to do. And I think WWE, I need to give, for all the crap I give WWE, especially with the last couple of years, I need to praise what they're doing right now. Cause I, I think the Sami Zayn bloodline story is honestly one of the most entertaining, compelling things in all of wrestling right now. Well, and I mean, like, to be honest, dude, it's, it's a different company now, man. Like, it is. They're going to they're do things differently. And I tell people that, like, that you can stop that tribal stuff because like, you're going to like both shows. You're going to watch the show and be like, damn, that was good. And you're going to watch the other show and be like, damn, that was good. Like there, we aren't used to having a lot of like all these different shows having great wrestling, but right now that's where we're at. So like, just enjoy it. Cause we all know that, you know, universal could buy WB and then AEW is off TNT TBS. And then what do we do there? And where does that go? And, WWE could sell to a corporation and be done with and 
you know, a whole different vision of pro wrestling would happen. Like, we just don't know. So just enjoy it for what it is right now. You know what I mean? That's all I can really say. Instead of nitpicking it and hating on all of it, like, there's so much to enjoy right now and look forward to. So props to both companies right now. Both fun. I definitely have my favorite, which is AEW. But that doesn't mean it won't change because I'm telling you, man, when Cody comes back and they're WrestleMania starts to heat up and all that. Like that's going to be a lot of really exciting television. So yeah, looking forward to both. Um, but, and, but yeah. And for WWE, we'll, we'll, we'll break down the card later on, like in future weeks, but just to throw this out there, this is what the extreme rules pay-per-view looks like on paper right now. And this just to kind of prove the point of like this being a different company and something I feel like we could really look forward to. Um, so they have Ronda Rousey versus Liv Morgan, but at least it's an extreme rules match. So like, I think, it, I think it might be good because it should be a little different from what they've been doing up to this point. The right. rest of it looks pretty fire. So you have um, Matt Riddle, who they've given his name back. So he's Matt Riddle again, right. versus uh, Seth freaking Rollins. And they're doing that in the fight pit. So that'll be really good. Seth won his match on Monday with a, Peruv- a Peruvian necktie submission. <laughs> so... Like, like Seth's like incorporating some MMA leading into the match, which I like. Yeah. Um, they're doing Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross in a strap match. Probably be pretty good. Um, Bianca Belair versus Bailey in a ladder match. That'll probably be really good. And um, Finn Balor versus Edge for the first time ever in an I Quit match. Like, that's yeah. a solid for. I mean, they'll add more to that too. But that for the, the first and not only that, all these matches they have pretty substantial buildup. Like they'll all have yeah. video packages that make the story make sense and all that stuff. So it's not like you know. And I mean, normally we're the week of the show, and they're like, "Man, can you pull up the card? What do we got going on?" And you're already going over the card a couple weeks out before that comes on. So I mean, it just shows you it's definitely making a a different impact. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, and I mean, like, with like after that, like, it's going to be shortly after in a couple months, and it'll be War Games in Madison Square Garden. I mean, that's that's a fun show. And you know, if you got Peacock, you're not paying much to watch it. Like, it, it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty dope. So, before we know it, the Royal Rumble, you're running, rolling around, and so we'll be in the new year, and probably yeah. me and off to WrestleMania season and all that good stuff. So, it'll be, it'll be fun. Like Cody said, everyone's like time period is kind of what his time period is. So hopefully, I think what he's talking about is Royal Rumble. That's Me too. My so I think he's talking about Royal Rumble, and then he wants to win it, guarantee title shot, and then go to Mania. That's I think that's the plan. That's the childhood dream right there. That's the story. That's how yep. you do it. And the super chat from Kogan. Thank you so much for supporting us, Kogan. I appreciate that. Let's say Bret Hart never gets a concussion and wrestles until roughly 2007 when he's 50. What dream matches would you have wanted him from that time? Not just WWE, WWE either, TNA, ROH, et cetera. Have fun, man. Okay. Um, I talked about Kurt plenty on the show. Like that's obvious. Kurt. That's that's that one right that out giveaway yeah. guaranteed. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, I think Bret. AJ Styles would have been mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I would have mm-hmm. loved that. Um, Brett Danielson. Brett Danielson, definitely. Like, anything that's on that technical aspect. But, like, if you were just going to go from TNA, top match, I would want Brett AJ. ROH, 
I would want uh, Brett and Danielson. Uh, I'm trying to think, 07, what all was going I mean, on. WWE, you know, it would have been bomb. Would have been, it's so obvious, but Bret Hart and John Cena would have been incredible. Yeah, yeah, that would have really been really would have been, especially because yeah. Cena was beating like all our guys, like Shawn Michaels and Triple H, all those guys around yeah. that time, too. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like, was there really like a WWE guy that Brett didn't, you know what? I would have liked like Brett and The Rock. Brett and The Rock, I think, would have been cool. Did you ever get Brett and Jericho? It had to have happened in WCW, right? I don't think so. That would have been great. His Brett Brett and, Jericho. In. And, and, and Jericho could easily pull that same storyline he did with Sean. Like, I looked up to you, a Stu Hart's dungeon, the whole nine. Yeah, I like yeah. Brett and Jericho a lot. That would be great. Um, yeah, so you give me Brett Jericho, Brett AJ Styles, Brett Brian Danielson, Brett Kurt Angle. Like, hell yeah. That's, that's, uh, and you know what? I would, I would honestly, I'd like to see Brett and Sean one more time, like where they kind of squashed their beef and they'd actually just had a match to, to, just end it all. I'm trying to think of, uh, I'm trying to think a little outside the box. And, Nine two. Cause you know, because you know, Brett, like Brett loved Rey Mysterio, so I'm trying to think like. Even some of those TNA, like like Brett Petey Williams, like when Petey Williams was like getting real yeah. hot with Canadian Destroyer, like that could have been interesting. Yeah, like, something like that, you know. Brett and Ro- Robert Roode, obviously, same kind of call. Another Canadian dude from uh, from TNA, like Eric Young, even really any of those guys. But I think Petey would have been like the mo- it would have made the most sense, like because people forget when oh, he started came one. out with that Destroyer and people hadn't seen it before, he was mega over for a while. Brett and Nigel McGinnis. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. That sure. would have been great. I would have loved yeah. that. Yeah, Ace, he, he pulled it first. I didn't see his uh, yeah. comment, but, yeah, that one. I think that would have been awesome. Um, Yeah. Brett, Eddie yeah. Brett, Brett and RVD. Yeah, that's another I just one. I just love that, like, clash of styles. I would have loved Brett and RVD. Bret Hart for CM Punk. I hate to say it. It would have been good. I just hate. I just don't. It would have been good, but yeah. Right now, Brett and Brett and Joe. Brett and Joe would have been really interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of really good options. Basically, they need those three like pillars of the X division: Brett, Christopher Daniels, Brett and Joe, Brett and AJ. Give me that all day. Yeah, yeah, those are all. People want Shelton Benjamin. Dude, yeah, there was a time period there Brett with Shelton. And Brett and Kenta would have been badass. Yeah, I mean, really, really any Brett of these. Yeah. I, I, I always like, it, it's one of those things where it's like, you want the same style, like technical versus technical, but you also want like the complete opposite because it just makes for a great match too. Oh, you, so didn't even like, know, you didn't even mention your boy Davey, Davey and Brett. Oh, yeah. I would love Damian Brett. Good God, yeah. Yeah, Brett back, in 07, back in 07. Like, that would have yeah. been. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like I said, who still was back then. And if Tyler Black. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. Like, this crazy. I think, think Brett, Brett and Roger Strong would have had a damn good match, too. Yeah. Like, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, everybody's just busting out Brett, Jeff Hardy. Brett Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, I don't know about 07. But yeah, yeah, but like current day, yeah, for sure. Oh, current. for sure current day. 
Um, See, that'd be great too. Like, imagine if Moxley was in the face Zack Saber Jr. tomorrow. Like, that's just a fun matchup that we never thought we'd see. Totally different thing. Like, if you actually thought wrestling was real, you'd be like, "Oh man, that's a different style that Moxley might have a real problem with." You know, because that's not where you can just be a street brawler. Like, you have to actually like know some technical skills, or you can get tapped out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which he does know some, but not at that level. Right. Like, I would take that over Juice Robinson any day. Same here, un- un- unquestionably. Yeah, so we we got a lot of good ones. I mean, there was so much talent back then that like it would have, um, Brett and Tanahashi. I mean, you could even say like uh like around that time, uh, Takeshi Morishima in Ring of Honor, like he was like the big monster world champion and stuff like that. Like I think Brett yeah. Brett and Brock would have been awesome. Like oh yeah, Brock that would have been incredible. And Beast, oh, that would have been awesome. That would that would have been incredible. And like current day, you know, there's plenty. Like obviously, like. Like Roman and and Brett would be great, and uh, you know, like Claudio and Brett would be great and stuff like that. Like there, there'd Brett, be a lot Brett, of Daniel Garcia, I of think course, yeah. Sure. But yeah, so, there's a lot. But I think even like Brett versus like Dante Martin would be really cool. Oh yeah, him and like Ray Phoenix and so like like the yeah. you know, Luchadors, he'd really he'd tear it up with the Luchadors. That, that would be like that would be like Brett versus Hakushi, but like Brett versus Ray Phoenix, like kind of the, the like the new generation of that. Brett versus Ninja Mac. Oh god, I would, I would love that. I would love that's that. That's probably ready to end the show. Like I don't think we can top that. Yeah, that's Brett that's about as, about as good as it's gonna be. So awesome, man. Well, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, as always, appreciate it. Thanks for everybody that uh, submitted a super chat. Thanks for everybody that's hit that like button. If you haven't, please hit that like button now. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Sure, we'll have plenty to talk about and we'll see what the crazy world of wrestling brings us. Yes, I may or may not be here next week. We may have to have a fill in. I will be in. Um, well, I'll be I'll be flying back that day, but I don't know how late and how out of it I'm going to be when I get back. Um, so I'll be, uh, at Jeremy Lambert's wedding in Ohio this weekend. So I'll keep Doug posted. Y'all might see maybe Doug with someone else, um, next week, but I'll be back the following week for sure. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, we'll be back, uh, same time, same place. Make sure to still tune in next week. Bret Hart and GCW. Yeah. We can go on all night about all these options, Bret Hart and Triple H. I saw a lot of that in there because, of the screw job tying and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we go all night with Bret Hart dream opponent opponents. Um, but, uh, speaking of Bret Hart back, back there, that's the one. He yeah. Did, so hell yeah. Um, nice. I see the pink signature. Yeah. There. I'll get a better camera eventually where you can really focus in on that and see how, how cool it's starting to look. But, um, but yeah, um, y'all can follow me on Twitter at fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. Um, I agree Bill needs to return, but we can't keep pressuring this guy, y'all. Like, he he doesn't want to be on, but we, we invite him. Funny. Hey, I, if you can get him for next week, that'd be awesome. Trust me. Listen, um, if I could, I would bring him in. If and, and if you guys expect, like, live rounds 100 and Bill's going to be here, like, don't hold your breath. Like, it probably won't happen. So, PS Power's me... probably. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, but, uh. But yeah, so you can use code Fight Talk on IWTV.live or independentwrestling.tv. Um, that's Fight Talk, all as one word, no spaces. FightfulSelect.com for the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. 
and um, tune in on Thursday morning for the spotlight with myself and Jeremy Lambert, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Um, we interviewed Greg Cherry, who's a big wrestling fan and doing stuff on the new Know Your News channel for Jimmy Van, longtime part of like No DQ and wrestling trivia and all over the place. So um, Greg Cherry is joining us in the creator spotlight, and we're going to be talking about the whole world of pro wrestling on Thursday morning. So, um, so yeah, make sure, like Doug said, hit the subscribe button right here on the RVD Tito for Life YouTube channel. Hit the thumbs up button. You can leave a comment afterwards. We always read the comments, you know, throughout the week and stuff like that. And if you have any um, super chats that you want to send throughout the week, you can send to my tip jar on Twitter and we'll make sure to read your comments at the beginning of uh, next week's episode. If I'm not here and I get one of those, I'll send it to Doug so he can read it out uh, for y'all next week. So, um, Doug, anything left uh, from you before we sign off? No, that's about it. Go Cowboys. Skull Vikings. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight, check out more Live Rounds episodes.